after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Ad Council. Welcome to another edition of After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right. We're here to talk about commercials once again. The good ones, the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. You may have what we call in the medical profession the not-so-goods. I think I've got a case of the not-so-goods. My name is Andrew Walsh. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hey, Vives. Hey, Andrew. Coming up today, we told you it was coming. The big game. Yeah, we saw it coming. We saw it. We we predicted it. There was going to be a big game. Did you know, though, <laughs> that advertisers would use this as a moment to really try to capture the national yeah, attention? Yeah, a lot of people had that idea. Yeah. So last week on the show, we did some preview commercials. Often uh, brands will release either teasers or the, the actual commercials that they plan on airing during the Super Bowl. Um, but of course... That's just the very tip of the iceberg. And so now we've actually seen the Super Bowl. We've seen all the commercials. I have a list here with links that I put together today of not literally every commercial, but at least 98% of them. I sat there with a notebook alone yes. in my house you, watching the Super Bowl. You ditched out on a, a, social, uh, a social viewing of the game to sit alone, scholar-like, Yes. Monk like in your in Monk like your... in more than one way. <laughs> yes. Because I was also Absolutely. tidying up a little bit That's during right. the game. Um well let me tell you this. And I think this is good news. I think our listeners will be happy to hear this. But you and I, for the past couple of years, and maybe even ever since we started this podcast about commercials, we've started to like kind of dread the Super Bowl times yeah. because we like to talk about the surprising things in commercials, maybe some of the nuance in commercials. The We're all art, about those deep cuts. The art of commercials that happen every day. And I think that's where you do sort of have to be especially creative when you don't get X number of celebrities to come on during the biggest television event of the year, right? And so you and I kind of dread Super Bowl. I think last year especially we were kind of negative, very negative about almost all the commercials and the entire experience. But I am feeling very different this year. I mean, listen, like anything, there was still more bad than good probably. But this was... There was some real bad. There was some real bad, but there was some actually real good. Yeah, I think there was some real good too. And my favorites are, I think are going to surprise you. Um, And this was the first time that I did experience it in this way. And I can't tell how much of my feelings today uh, are because of the slate of commercials that were put in front of us or because I approached it differently, which is every other year we're at some sort of party or gathering of some sort. There's stuff going on. You try to pay attention when the commercial breaks come on, then sometimes everybody will shut up at one moment, but you're missing so much dialogue, you know? And this is one thing about Super Bowl commercials too, is if you're, if you're a, commercial you don't want to come on after a good commercial because everybody has to do their quick reaction right and so so many of those commercials that i would talk about in the past i had to go back and watch online whereas i watched these and paid a lot of attention to them in the silent in the scholarly science of or silence i should say of my home and it was interesting to actually kind of get the 
big broad overview like that and where i had the opposite experience we split up this year i watched it at, with a room full of people who were interested in the game uh getting snacks mm-hmm. watching the commercials reacting to them but not engaged deeply with them i mean it was also a social you know social event so it was interesting to me to see what broke through the yeah the the atmosphere right like what 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 was able to break through and get people's attention so we can talk a little bit about what i saw from my perspective of uh not being a a, a an ascetic <laughs> now um so i'm really excited about this show like uh it's it's funny it's almost like the opposite of last year i i, I can't remember the last time i was so excited about a super bowl show um but i also like this dynamic that some of these commercials you only saw maybe kind of in passing or you were trying to listen and people were cross talking on you um so we're not going to talk about every single commercial on this list it's a huge list but i i want you to kind of I'll kind of guide us through this but you stop me on one if you just want to see it again maybe almost for the first time um, or if you have something to say and we'll kind for the most part I thought kind of go in order of how they appeared when they appeared during the big game because that's kind of part of the story too I think yeah let's get to it all right let's get to it my dudes That's right. They already wrote a celebratory song for Kansas City. Just kidding. This came out in 1970 when they beat the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Yes, that, w- that would make more sense. That would make a little bit more sense. Um, I like it, though. <laughs> I don't know who it is. I found it on the internet. Um, oh, by the way, I left out all movie commercials. I think that's fine. Trailers. Because a lot of them, we if you go to the theater, you've seen them in the theater. Yeah, and it's like, just such a different category. Yeah, because I think Furious 9... F9 might F9, have been one of the first ones. Uh, certainly Wonder Woman was in there. Well, Wonder Woman was in there as a cross-promotion with, with Tide. With Tide, right. So we'll Tide, get, is, Tide is back to their tricks. Uh, very smart stuff coming from the folks at Tide. We'll talk about that in a second. I wonder why they bounced David Harbour in favor of Charlie Day. Well, I think they mix it up every year, don't they? Well, they, the last year, I think, was the first year that they did that thing where they like inserted themselves into other known commercial properties. Maybe in other people's commercials, yes, but I think it was two years ago that they started breaking down the boundaries of the commercials because that's when they had um, Terry Bradshaw was announcing the game, but then he, I think the year before that, there was a whole dialogue with, or a story arc with Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, that that rings a faint bell. Um, And so I think they're just doing something different. But I do want to start with, if you'll allow it, a progressive commercial. It didn't even occur to me. I don't usually think of progressive, who is obviously a huge, you know, commercial juggernaut in our in our culture. I don't think of them as big Super Bowl commercial people, but they did unveil one, and it happened right at the very beginning of the game, maybe even before kickoff. Did you notice this one? Uh, give it a play. It's uh, called Portabellas, and you see, um, I believe it's maybe two couples or a group of friends at a restaurant. They're the only ones in there. And the waiter comes out, and it's none other than Jamie. Oh, I did see this, but it was one of those ones where I was kind of like, it it it, it, it dawned on me at the end what was happening. Yeah, it's a little weird. Welcome to Portobello's. This guy looks like he's ready for some scampi bites. Wait a sec. 
I feel like I know you. Oh, have you dined with us before? No, you're you're that insurance guy, aren't you? The the pasty one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to go into some spiel about how you can get options based on your budget with the name your price tool. <laughs> hey, Robbie, you tell him about the mushroom puffers? Just about to, Pam. Wait, are we in a progressive commercial? Come on down to Portobello's. It's smooth, family, and fun. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I love the guy whispering what is happening at the end because I think he speaks for us. Yes, because they really never get to the progressive pitch. They just assume you know it. He kind of throws in the he throws in the thing about the name your price tool. And as he does it, it's funny. Did you catch the little visual um, joke there? He's dressed up like a waiter and he kind of holds his notepad in a way. And in the TV directly over his left shoulder, you see a progressive ad oh, no, in which that. he's doing that exact thing with the name your price tool. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Good little ad, right? Yeah, I like it. You know, definitely staying in their lane, not like trying. And this is my big overall thing that I'll try not to be a total broken record about. But just so you know, my thesis remains that this parade of celebrities is ridiculous. And <laughs> celebrities do not make good the commercials the writing and the ideas make the commercials and in so some of these cases i truly believe the commercials would have been better without the distraction of the celebrities yes yeah yeah i agree um and of course jamie and flo are celebrities in their own right um as these people rightfully acknowledge I'm not going to play this one because I don't think it's worth playing. But there was also early on a Jake from State Farm commercial. Oh, actually, they, you, could you play do you that want one? To, yeah, because it's very the, confusing. That was one where I was like, they they open it with the the classic Jake from State Farm. I think it's mm-hmm. the same footage. They they have to have aged. It is, yeah. So they open it with the bickering husband and wife. What are you doing? Why are you on the phone so late? But then they cut to the State Farm office where it used to be, you know, Jake from State Farm uh-huh. khakis. But it's a different guy. But by the time, because I just thought they were airing the old one. Me too. And then by the time they cut to the new footage, I had already lost the thread and wasn't able to hear what was going on. So I don't know what the punchline here is. Do you mind if I tell you before I hit play on this? Sure. It's essentially like you said, all the same footage. And then I still don't get it. And I looked it up today to see (laughs) if anybody else got it. When they cut to the inside shot of the State Farm office, there's a different guy. Right. Younger guy. Because isn't Jake working in a bar now or something? Well, his pants are hanging in a bar. His pants are hanging in a bar. His pants are working in a bar. (laughs) But... It's just a different State Farm guy. I, I'm thinking like, oh, this is one of those things where they swapped in a celebrity and I don't get the joke. But I looked it up today. It does not appear that this is a celebrity. That's this a is place just where a, a stunt cast might actually work. Because otherwise this doesn't make any sense. So what happens is they cut to the place where you'd see Jake from State Farm. Instead, it's a different guy there. And he says, I'm wearing khakis. And then he kind of whispers around the corner of the cubicle. Do they always ask about your clothes? And then Jake from State Farm rolls out. I think it's the original Jake from State Farm. And he says, yes. So here, take a listen to this. Yeah, I'm married. Doesn't matter. You do that for me? Really? Yeah, I'd like that. Who are you talking to? Uh, It's Jake from State Farm. Sounds like a really good deal. Jake from State Farm at 3 in the morning? Who is this? It's, It's Jake from State Farm. What are you wearing, Jake from State Farm? Uh, khakis? Hey, do they ever ask you what you're wearing? Uh, yeah. Red sweater, button-down shirt, like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Uh, uh, Why are they me, both named Ed Jake? Council, tell me, Ed Council, is is he somebody famous? Is that a famous Jake? Yeah, are we not getting this? I feel like I'm not getting this. I found one write-up about it, but it was from comicbook.com, and they didn't mention him An being unimpeachable famous. source. Exactly. Now, in all of my searching, 
I thought it might have been this guy. It's not because this guy's white, but there's a, a quarterback, a former quarterback at Georgia, um, whose name is Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. F-R-O-M-M. Right. You and think you'd want a famous Jake Yeah, here. so I thought that was Jake Fromm State Farm. And so for some reason, I got that in my head and I started Googling. It's definitely not him. So anyway, I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, for all that you, we agree, I think that just celebrity stunt casting doesn't intrinsically get and make a good ad i think that's an opportunity to have a famous jake who are some famous jakes uh gyllenhaal jake gyllenhaal you get you know jake and the fat man (laughs) whatever he's up to you get jake and the fat man um jake peralta if you go fictional oh right yeah brooklyn 99 the two jakes Um, is a movie yeah it's a sequel to uh chinatown Chinatown. yeah yeah so a lot of options i mean i think the two jakes might be a little bit too obvious (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, should we? I'm not going to play Actually, it. Here, let me. Yeah, go ahead. Let me quick, sorry. I Are you going to add Doctor this? this? Where's amazing, my sound? I just had what is an amazing, what I think is an amazing idea. Okay. Imagine this. Cut Picture, if you will, the bickering couple. Who is it? It's Jake from State Farm. What are you wearing? Jake from State Farm. Cut to Jack Nicholson. It's Jack. And then he says what he's wearing. <laughs> oh, it's Jack from State Farm yeah. instead of Jake from State Farm. That's a good stunt cast. Doctor, doctor. But there's probably not enough cocaine in the world for him to do a State Farm ad. <laughs> we will get some Jack Torrance a little bit later on yes, in the show. Yes, we will. Um, again, we can't talk about every single one of these on the list. I was hoping we could maybe just do a really quick conversation about the um, NFL 100 kind of anniversary commercial that kicks things off and again right. breaks down the the barrier between pre-recorded commercial for something and um, then the actual game. Right. And I think most people who are listening to the show probably saw the Super Bowl know what we're talking about. This is all, of course, be posted to our Facebook group. Yeah. And I'm not going to play it. It's a very long commercial. And at, the NFL kicked off their 100th, 100th season uh, last Super Bowl with a kind of epic commercial starring tons of current and former NFL players. Who, is that the one where they th- were throwing it around the banquet? Exactly. They're having a banquet a banquet of some sort, and then it becomes a game of keep away with a football, and it's just a way of spotlighting a whole bunch of really famous football players um, as chaos ensues. And so a year later, now they're capping off their 100th, I cannot say that word, um, season. And so they kick off the Super Bowl with this, um, this kid. I've looked him up, by the way. He's... Um, He's, uh, I'm going to say he's about 14 years old, and he's just kind of a, a phenom football player who oh, also apparently got a lot of attention because he puts his reels onto YouTube, and the pregame Super Bowl show was sponsored by YouTube. Mm-hmm. It was the YouTube. So I want to think there's some connection oh, there. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of um, sense. But so this kid, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were Googling him later, but... Um, Cute, Very charming kid. Cute kid. He's playing football with his friends uh, at some park somewhere. He gets the ball, and he just keeps on running, and he passes Jim Brown, one of the most famous uh, running backs of all time, who's just an old man sitting on the bench. <laughs> Looks good, by the way. That's not a dig. Um, and Jim Brown says, take it to the house, kid. And then the kid starts running. Then he runs through some construction zone where you see other famous NFL players who I didn't recognize because I'm not that smart. When they take off their helmets, they look totally different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you can tell that there's a bunch of cameos in here, some very famous people, some current players. And this kid just keeps running through all these scenarios. It goes on for about two minutes, I think. He's running through construction zones, through people's houses. And people just keep saying, take it to the house, kid. Um, and then eventually he makes it all the way to the stadium. Well, and first, we should note that he. Yeah, I was going to come okay. back. 
come back to that for a second because that's a real point. But anyway, he gets to the stadium. We realize it's Super Bowl Sunday. At some point, they switch from the pre-recorded thing to this kid literally running out into the field with the game ball live with a bunch of other kids handing the ball to the um, referee and then kind of pumping up the crowd. But, yeah, there, there's one important person or a personage that he pa- – personage? No, what would you call a statue? I guess a personage. Let me uh, hand it to you to talk about that part of the commercial. At one point, it's a very joyous commercial, and there's lots of like funny quips and little stunts and things as he's running and interacting with these famous players. At one point, though, everything slows down, and he pauses in front of a statue of Pat Tillman, mm-hmm. uh, the soldier and former football player and soldier who died. Um and he's in Iraq or Afghanistan. Oh, I can't God, recall. Please don't but, ask me to. Like, but anyway, it's important the, that he died. You know, in, I'm sorry, in combat, in yeah. service, yeah, uh, or in service. Uh, he, the little kid, pauses and it's this very solemn moment. And I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And there was some there were some criticisms that it was monetizing or exploiting Tillman's death. I don't feel that way. Any more than I already feel that the NFL is pretty unbearably jingoistic and it's mm-hmm. conflation and wrapping itself in the flag and the military is kind of gross. Mm-hmm. But I don't find that the partic- this particular expression of it is any worse than anything else. That's, Does that make sense? Yeah. In fact, you really put words to my feelings in a way I probably wouldn't have been able to because I've been hearing a lot of outrage about that part of it. By the way, the statue is literally holding a bunch of American flags. Right. There's a bunch of American... Like, it's like... It's, it's the almost, finest point possible. It's almost literally wrapping themselves in the American flag. Um, and from having a conversation with, you know, our buddy Luke about this to listening to the Dan Lebitard show, Dan Lebitard is a very, like, kind of... Uh, I, I would say right-minded individual about these things. He felt that that was such... He he really took offense at that. Like, don't try to sell me that is what he just kept saying over and over. Like, fine, everything else, but, like, don't. His point was kind of nuanced, but essentially he felt like it was just over-the-top manipulative and taking credit for something that maybe the NFL shouldn't take credit for, this guy, whatever. But for me, it didn't seem over-the-top compared to what I expect from the NFL. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean, they do a lot of jingoistic stuff and, like, some of it, you know, the way that they treat people who take a knee and all, all that like there's tons of terrible stuff about the NFL. I didn't think in this 2 minute long commercial that highlights all these former and current greats taking one moment to like kind of stop things and show a statue of an NFL player who did give his life up for the country. I didn't think it was that over the top. Yeah, it's I I I think you either I I think it's a little nonsensical to be angry about that but to not otherwise find the, their whole relationship to the military and militarism mm-hmm. to be problematic, yeah. which I do. Yeah. So I find the the Pat Tillman thing. I rolled my eyes and I said, oh, everybody be quiet. We've got a genuflect to Pat Tillman, mm-hmm. um, which whatever, I'm sure is, someone's probably offended that I just said that. But like, you know, I rolled my eyes at it, but it's I'm rolling my eyes at the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, up. Uh, next or in short order was this commercial that uh, you could tell got people talking and the whole point was to get people talking because it didn't tell you anything about the service <laughs> called Quibi right now how much did you pay attention to this 
Um, which one was this? This is the <laughs> one where you see it. No, no, that's cool. Done I, more catching up. No, no, no I think this is an interesting way of looking at it. Actually, this is the one where you see some sort of a, a bank robbery going down. Oh I think yeah, three or four so many guys. bank robberies where like something goes wrong at the end. We could do a whole show on were that. There more just in during, general. Oh, like in that's general, a yeah. that's a like a genre of yeah. commercial. That is a good point. And I think there was a famous Super Bowl one one or two years ago. Yeah, I'm blanking on it. Um, anyway. it was the, there was the slow speed chase um, one year. I forget what it was even for, uh, but there was like a Super Bowl commercial where there okay. was some slow speed chase where people started rooting for the people who were being chased out of oh, from the yeah, bank. I right. forget what it was for. Well, this Quibby one, I don't... Th- well, sure, I'll maybe play the audio for it. You see at the end of a bank robbery, the people who rob the bank with the masks run outside. They're on the street and they're calling their getaway guy. But their getaway guy is sitting in a van a couple of blocks away and he is less than helpful. <laughs> Where's the car? Greg, where are you? I'll be there in a quibby. A what? A quibby. Less than 10 minutes. <laughs> Meg Stallion got punched. So now this uh, one of the robbers, they all look disappointed, but then one of the robbers who needs the ride pulls out his phone and starts watching something apparently on Quibi. So is it like... And then it says episodes in 10 minutes or less. Oh, that's right. I think it's it's like a media platform that's doing like real short, short form content, I guess. Yeah. And there's... But like longer, longer than TikTok, but shorter than TV, I guess. Yeah. I I can give you some more detail on it. And the commercial really tells you nothing about... All you know is Quibi means less than 10 minutes and it's something you can watch on your phone. And it was kind of, I think, to some people, frustratingly oblique, um, which I guess you could say about me. Um, uh, Quartz, uh, the publication, had a headline, Quibi knows you have no idea what Quibi is. I'm going to read directly from this um, piece. It's content that can be consumed in short, easy spurts on the go while still uh, boasting Hollywood-level production and A-list talent. Um, Apparently, it's a portmanteau. Quibi means quick bites. Uh, available only on uh, phones. It'll stream a variety of shows to subscribers, um, stuff from uh, reality stuff with Chrissy Teigen to a horror show created by Steven Spielberg. But the thing is, all episodes will be 10 minutes or less, five bucks a month, eight bucks uh, a month without ads. I thought this was interesting. So they have a lot of money. If you're worried about this young company spending so much money in a Super Bowl ad, I'm sure you were. I I know you well. You're a very compassionate, empathetic person when it comes to Steven Spielberg. Billion dollar startups. This is a one billion dollar startup that got money from companies like Disney, Warner Media, Alibaba. It's founded by. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Ah, Disney. Recognize that I name. Sure he do. ran Disney for a couple of decades. And uh, the CEO, Meg Whitman. Meg Where's Whitman. my bell? That name pops up a lot, right? <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so this is no, you know, these are people who are have been in, in this business or a business for quite some time. I mean, Katzenberg, of course, in the entertainment field. Whitman in the startup space. Uh, sorry that I called it a space Trying to do that less. Uh, well, I don't think Hewlett Packard is considered to be a startup. No, that's a good point. I guess tech maybe is tech, a better yeah. way of putting it. Thanks. Um, 
But anyway, to go back to this commercial, one now that you know all of that, and I think it's fine to put a commercial out there and say we're going to make it kind of a teaser and then people have to figure it out later. I think mm-hmm. that's a totally valid approach. But what really bothers me is when the guy pulls out his phone to discover what Quibi is and what he's watching, what he is watching is not something that I would describe as Hollywood-level production. It looks like a Vine Does or like a, a TikTok. A rather. TikTok, just a cell yeah. phone video. There's of, some guy that, dancing Is that Chance the Rapper? Phone. Oh, I wonder if it was a really was that a famous person? It was a famous person. I if I oh. said chance and I'm wrong about that, but it's it's somebody famous. You know, I didn't realize that was. But another, it's not very high. But it, it is a not tiny high production. cameo. Yeah. Okay, okay. Was that Chance the rapper? I'm putting that in there. Um, yes, previewing woo, Chance. Woo, look, look at me at knowing who Chance the rapper is, like a super cool team. Name um, uh, a mixtape by Chance the rapper. Chance the rapper's first mixtape. Was called Coloring Book. Was called Coloring Book, as um, I was just about to say. I before see. Before you so rudely interrupted me. And so, and actually, though, now I will allow your clarification uh, and the Today Show's headline to correct me. Uh, the headline is C. Quibby Super Bowl ad previewing Chance the Rapper's Punk. Oh, he's bringing back Punk? So it looks like he's bringing back Punk, which would be like, again, that's different than just somebody recording a dance in their living room. So, sure. again, I. I'm almost wondering if my dislike of the of the parade of celebrities that we'll we'll kind of see as the show goes on. I have to be fair and at least ask the question: Am I biased against it because I'm so terrible at identifying celebrities that so much of the stuff I'm like I know that somebody famous off to look it up later, and you feel annoyed that it's being lost on you. I don't think that's what's happening. I think it's actually a kind of a, a, a shitty strategy. You think it's a principled stance. But I'm wondering I'm On wondering if I need to acknowledge the fact that I'm terrible you are really celebrities and, and I have a bit of face. Blindness. Here's my feeling about this Quibi ad. I think actually it's a really good idea for a platform. And I and I and I also agree with you that there's a there's a legit marketing strategy, especially in a thing where there's a gajillion eyeballs to doing something that's like, ooh, pique their interest, get them to go mm-hmm. to a second location, right? Yeah. Go with the Quibi to a second location mm-hmm. is the pitch here. Mm-hmm. I just think that the ad itself is pretty hack. Like I said, like there's a whole genre of bank robbery as premise for mm-hmm. like for a sketch, for an ad. And this to me isn't like the bank robbery part of it feels like really superfluous to the story that they're trying to tell or yeah. the pitch that they're trying to make. I don't understand like why the pitch is like, oh, um, the getaway driver is going to be late to this really important thing he needs to be at mm-hmm. because he's watching 10 minutes of content. Like, put me in a scenario where I have 10 minutes to kill exactly. because I'm at a doctor's office exactly. or something, you know, and I'm about mm-hmm. to get my wisdom teeth pulled out or some, you know, like put me in a scenario where I need 10 minutes to be distracted. And that happens like literally every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This just seems like a stupid use of a premise. Genevieve. That's why they put me in the host chair for this show. <laughs> doctor, doctor, what should I do? Tell me. Great job. Um, okay, I realize I've been being a huge microphone hog here. Uh, let's talk about Tide. And yeah. I believe that you were fully enveloped in the Tide advertising, right? Can you set this up? Yeah, so as we said at the top, I think Tide has been adopting this strategy of sort of breaking into other ads or breaking in throughout the game to tell this kind of ongoing story. And this time, 
their big pitch involves Charlie Day. And I think uh, also Emily Hampshire is in most of them, if not yes. all of them. Yeah. Yep. Emily Hampshire, for those who don't know, is one of the stars of Schitt's Creek, which is a really great show. It has completely come into its own this year like it what for years it was sort of like people knew it it was a little bit under the radar but suddenly everyone's mm-hmm. talking about it it's eugene levy and his son dan uh who are like the creators is it levy I've oh levy said, i've always said levy but i don't know I probably, I'm, right. I'm probably wrong yeah i guess eugene levy and dan levy i don't know that i'm right about that um so anyway if you're not watching Shits creek get on that train it's great you can watch i think all the previous seasons on Netflix. If you start at season one, which I recommend, and you're thinking, I don't know, this isn't quite for me, I promise yes. you, they they this show really grows and evolves in a way that you really, and the characters grow and evolve, and the relationships grow and evolve in a way that is not corny, but something that you really wish more TV shows would do. Here's my advice to you. If you haven't seen Schitt's Creek, watch the first season, and if, if you get through the episode of the fruit wine commercial, and you'll know it when you see it, and you're still not into it, then you have my permission to abandon it. Mm. But you have to stick with it through fruit wine, mm-hmm. and and I think you'll be hooked. Anyway. If, if we weren't going so long, I, I have that tape ready to go, but I will <laughs> not play it right now. <laughs> it is very germane to our show. It, it is. She's taping a commercial, isn't yes. she? Okay, but this is going to be a really long show, so I'll hold off. All so, right. um, so Charlie Day yeah. and Emily Hampshire are at a party watching the Super Bowl. He's wearing a white button-down shirt. Looks good. Looks good. Uh, Charlie Day, for everyone knows, he's it's always sunny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's been in a bunch of things. He's, he's like in action movies. Isn't he like a guy behind a computer and some of those? He's that, often like, like the 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 civilian who's sort of dragged into some situation he's not prepared for Jurassic in. Park is he a guy behind the computer in Jurassic Park no that is the guy that's um oh god what's his name he's the guy from New Girl oh I'm sorry I'm getting us off track um okay. anyway so they're at a they're at a Super Bowl party he gets some kind of stain on his white shirt well, Emily puts it on. Emily puts it on. So she's what? got messy hands, and she's like excited for some reason, and, and kind of pushes him in the shoulder, and then she puts a big stain on his shirt. Yeah, and then the the joke or the premise, uh, the pitch for Tide throughout the rest of the commercials that appear throughout the game, uh, and interjecting into other brand other brands' experiences, is that the stain can wait until later to come out. Yeah, here. So in this one, it starts off pretty normal. It's just a bunch of regular people, like. Charlie Dayton and Emily Hampshire, if they're regular people. Uh, at a Emily Super Hampshire would be like the most beautiful person you personally know. This is the first thing I've seen her in outside of Schitt's Creek, and I find her very charming in Schitt's Creek, but also, again, especially in season one, a little bit two-dimensional in season one. And I just think she's really talented, and it was really cool to see both of these guys. I actually think that Charlie Day's performance in all of these really takes a concept that could be okay and actually makes it really enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Now I gotta go wash this. Not now. It's the Super Bowl. Not now. Well, then when? Oh, you know when you should do that? Later. Oh, later. Yeah. Well, when is later? <laughs> like after the game, or is that too late? Now, I think this is kind of a fantasy of his. We're gonna. Now he's sitting alone in a in a stadium somewhere. Um, I think we're gonna see a Bud Knight thing yep. here. He's talking to the Bud Knight. A little crossover action because that's in the past, so it's actually earlier. That'll be a commercial that comes later. I think even in this montage, though, we'll get a quick uh, Bud Knight look. Um, at one point, he wakes up in the middle of the night, terrified. During the ads. Nah, later. During the Pepsi halftime show. 
I know! Now he's on stage during the Pepsi halftime show, and all of the singers stop and point at his stain, which is why he says, I know. He wakes up. What if up. I spent my entire life waiting for later? Or what if later never comes? <laughs> now he and Emily Hampshire are in old, per- old person makeup. They're an old drag. They're an old drag sitting on a bench somewhere, both doing a pretty good job of looking a little bit dotty. Like he's got this kind of thousand yard stare and just a little bit of a, just a little bit of a quiver in his head. Charlie, relax. Super Bowl now, laundry later. It's setting in. <laughs> I love it. The very end, it's setting in. So um, that's a weird kind of, uh, again, kind of fantasy montage. But then as the um, as the game goes on, you start to see him kind of interrupt other people's commercials. Here's what you think is going to be a commercial for Wonder Woman. She comes crashing into some scene. Now we see Charlie Day. He appears with a basket full of dirty clothes and his stained shirt. We won't be doing that today. Tomorrow. Tomorrow works. Says stains can wait. Uh, This is the one where he goes back into the Middle Ages and he's now in a Bud Light night ad. Excellent shot. Ah, well, this can't be later. This looks like earlier. It's 1436. I need it to be later. What do you want? Look, a stain. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. You got a stain in your shirt, too. (laughs) I love it. I just think Charlie Day is really bringing it in these. Yeah, he's exactly the right kind of celebrity you want for the uh, commercial campaign because he's not... His main thing isn't that he's famous. It's that he's a comedic actor. Mm -hmm. So he leads with, you know, his comedy chops versus, like... I'm known for being a personage. Mm-hmm. A personage. To use your phrasing. <laughs> He's a statue. Um, I will also say one of the funny jokes was after the very first setup commercial that we played before, they went into a Fox promotion for their TV show, The Masked Singer, and the announcer says, tonight on The Masked Singer, and Charlie Day interrupts. Just You just hear the vocals. I think he says, did you say later? And they said, no, tonight. So just like kind of, again, tearing down those walls. And then the final um, installment of this, this came in the fourth quarter, is you see Charlie Day again in the old man makeup, and he runs into Emily, who's sitting on a bench eating an ice cream cone. I wonder where this is going to go. Emily? Charlie? You look different. Yeah, I got it clean, because it's later. Oh, they worked. Good job, dear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, she stains his shirt again with her ice cream at the end. I love his bellow. That is a hilarious wail at the end. Yeah, I think this was a good campaign, and I think Stains Can Wait is a good pitch mm-hmm, yeah. for their product. Yeah, exactly. Like, find that specific angle that sets your product apart. Okay, next in the lineup, and I don't know how much we really want to go into this whole thing, uh, but we see a Trump Super Bowl commercial. It was my understanding that Trump or the Trump campaign was supposed to have two Super Bowl commercials. They announced they were going to have two Super Bowl commercials. They only had one. It is unclear. <laughs> it's unclear if they were lying for some reason or if they were just mistaken or how that happened. It doesn't really matter. I'm glad I only got to see one. They're both nefarious and incompetent so it's exactly a real coin flip with this one is it one the other or both um but 
Here's the deal. I want to group this one together with a couple more that came later in the show. This Trump commercial features an African-American woman uh, who was released from prison. She was apparently um, convicted uh, for a crime that she did not commit. And uh, I think it was a nonviolent drug offense. Okay, and she there's a lot of black and white footage of her being very emotional and at one point specifically saying, I am free because of Donald John Trump, which just stood, stood out to me because nobody calls him Donald John yeah, Trump. Yeah, Donald John Trump wouldn't have ever heard of this woman if it wasn't for Kim Kardashian. Who, what's, this, what's the backstory? Uh, so this woman, Alice Marie Johnson, uh, was convicted or was sentenced to life in prison for a nonviolent drug offense, uh, which is absolutely you know indicative and par for the course in the justice system um and for for whatever reason her case came to specifically came to the attention of uh kim k who's i think been fairly active on this front and and other activists who are less famous and they specifically pressured the white house like she met with jared kushner mm. and like specifically pressured trump to release this this particular woman mm-hmm. so it's gr- i mean this woman should be free yeah no argument from me and i'm however this woman feels about it is up to her but the idea that it reflects some sort of broad strokes is just offensive. Yeah, and here, here's why. Or that I, he came up with it on his own, which God knows he can't right. come up with any ideas on his own. And I, I don't know why I'm hanging up on this Donald John Trump thing, but it almost feels like in the negotiations they made sure that they would get footage of her saying something very specific. Is that I don't know why that would top? be, but I mean, it, it, I mean, I guess it's a little... I guess it rings a little weird. It just it just hit my ears kind of funny. But I guess what I wanted to say was I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to group this together with two more commercials, like I said, that came later that I just thought was their their um, motives here just seem so obvious and so ironic because here you have Trump who, you know, has huge issues with his policies regarding race and his opinions regarding race. Um, and then you also had a Mike Bloomberg for president commercial that comes later. Now, his specifically focuses on gun control, but it also focuses on the gun control through the experience of an African-American mother, who I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, lost a child to gun violence. But again, Bloomberg, huge issue with race, you know, with yeah, the stop, stop and, and frisk, frisk and all of that stuff. And then later on... You have this really moving commercial um, that I would like if it were for any other organization, but it was one of the NFL, what I consider to be kind of whitewashing commercials. It's called Inspire Change, and it's got um, Anquan Bolden, who I believe is a former football player. It's embarrassing that I don't remember the details on him. He's a super famous, super famous player. Maybe he's currently playing. Um, and it's him telling a story from his perspective about how he had just finished. Oh, he played for the 49ers, I believe, and he had just finished a game uh, when somebody came on the field and told him that his cousin had just been shot by an unarmed officer. I'm sorry, by a non-uniformed officer. Right. And his I, brother, or sorry, his cousin was like had car trouble or something. Yes. A cop who basically didn't clearly identify or was not clearly identified as a cop uh had some kind of interaction with him that escalated until the cop shot him. Right. And they show some emotional footage of, um, I believe, uh, the victim's brother um, saying, you know, like, the, you know, just being completely outraged by the death of his innocent brother. Um, it's all very moving, but it's part of the NFL's, like, very obvious attempts to, you know, have a campaign that's we're not racist. I mean, the entire Kaepernick thing, the taking of the knee, just to remind everybody, 
I know our listeners don't need the reminding, but it was not to protest the national anthem. It was about this very thing, in fact. It was a protest during the national anthem to shine light on this. So in a certain way, I don't know. I mean, you could make an argument that like, well, hey, look, in a certain way, now you're getting a Super Bowl commercial that is focused very much on this issue. But it is just so whitewashing to me. Yeah. No, they, ha- the they NFL have no The NFL just saying, and, and of course, the NFL hired Jay-Z to kind of lead their efforts on this kind of race relations stuff. And I mean, I don't know. It's all very complicated, but I found this trio of commercials very disheartening and disingenuous. Yeah, same. Um, it's, to me... I don't know. I, I don't know what Jay... I mean, I can't speak for Jay-Z and I can't speak for any black Americans experience or decisions about when to try to create change from within versus without. But this wouldn't be how I... I, I would not be willing to work with the NFL unless they were willing to, like, to, to try to make this point unless they first issued some mea culpas. Um, what I'm about to say, I only picked up bits and pieces on from um, the Dan Lebetard show... So I believe Jay-Z produced the halftime show. I think that's a fact. I don't know if Beyonce had a say in that. I don't know if she was also a producer. Um, But Jay-Z was definitely the producer of the halftime show. And also, apparently, they did sit. They did not stand during the national anthem. I didn't notice this. I didn't see any headlines about it. Uh, Again, Levitard was talking about that today, almost kind of saying that, like, the NFL can almost claim victory over these social issues, even the CTE stuff, because they had this NFL 100 Super Bowl and... You had Jay-Z and Beyonce sitting during the entire national anthem, and that wasn't a headline coming out of it. So it's it's interesting how this is playing out. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're going to play this one as very visual, but I'll give a thumbs up to the Walmart sci-fi movies commercial. A sequel to their car, car commercial. So Walmart, I think uh, we probably have talked about this. It's a great ad. It's great. Did a... A, a commercial about picking things up in your car and, and they played that song in cars uh, and then they had all kinds of famous movie cars so the DeLorean the the Dumb and Dumber like you know ca- uh, dog mobile um, Batmobile maybe I maybe think the Batmobile yeah so like any kind of famous movie car pulls up to Walmart picks up their stuff They've upped the ante this year with a bunch of famous spaceships. Mm-hmm. And it was a, like a whole bunch of tie-ins from sci-fi movies. Um, I did think the one thing I noticed was you got two Alex Winters, zero Keanu's for the Bill and Ted thing. This The phone well, booth shows up and you have you Alex You can have Winters. 10 Alex Winters for one Keanu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not even sure if that's the exchange rate. Um, really good commercial. I love these tie-ins. I don't know exactly, you know, how the financing goes to get the rights for all these things, but you're Walmart, right? Yeah. You sell all of the toys that are linked to all of these oh, movies. Yeah. And, Plus, and you have a whatever. lot of money. And you have what they call a <laughs> lot of moolah. Um, I thought of, it was good, though. I thought it was good. I really enjoyed it. I it wasn't an, like I that. mean, the concept followed on very mm-hmm. logically to the previous concept. And to me, it's a good Super Bowl commercial. So like it's Ooh, enough. I hope they do one with famous submarines. Did people shut up Dust a little boots. bit? <laughs> Enemy Below, Crimson Tide. <laughs> I'm in. Where is the Hunt for Red October? Why do? You, how do you do that list of submarines? And Hunt movies? for Red October. Jeez yeah, all Louise. of them. All of them. Um, was that one? I, I would get the impression that that's one that's pretty easy to follow, and people in the room might kind of be quiet and look at it a little bit because it, it's kind of flashy and attention grabby without being over the top. Did anybody pay attention to that one at the party? 
the 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 Walmart the Walmart one. one. I mean, people were aware of it. Yes, mm-hmm. like oh, that's they they got what was happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, we will play this next one because this was uh this was a real buzzy one, and I assume I gotta believe everybody shut up at the party for this one. The Rocket Mortgage with Jason Momoa. Yeah. Well, you know what. Everyone was like, hey, it's Aquaman. But we were all talking, and it it didn't shut up everyone enough to hear what was happening. So I'm excited to hear this one, actually. Okay, well, let's play. So we have Jason Momoa, and he's uh, coming home. And, of course, like you say, he played Aquaman. He was a Kel Drogo in Game of Thrones. Big. That already feels like a long time ago. Yeah. Well, he he was only season one, I think. Yeah, he really exploded. Um, Big, burly guy, long hair, beard. He's coming home at the end of a long day. And as he's talking, he is saying, it's great to be home where I can be myself. And he kicks off his boots as he comes in through the door. And then we realize he's not just taking off his boots. He starts taking off literally his muscles. He takes off what appear to be the outer flanks of his arms to have tiny little arms underneath. This gave me a real... um like wimpy Rob Lowe vibe yeah. from um, yeah. from Dish Network. Yeah. Or was it Dish Network or DirecTV? I think it was DirecTV. Yeah, I think you're right, DirecTV. What does home mean to me? It's my sanctuary. It's the one place oh, I can let my guard down. Boots off. It's where I can just kick back and be totally comfortable my own <laughs> taking his muscles off you know what i'm saying he's got little Rocket skinny mortgage arms understands that home it's where i can be myself he's right. taking off his shirt i mean it's a little uncanny valley here yes. but like he's in just a tiny tiny little guy as he kind of takes off whatever kind of like muscle suit he's wearing underneath his uh t-shirt <sighs> and that feels pretty darn good oh <laughs> no, he takes off his wig. He's like just bald and st- with stringy hair across his head. They they like reverse Captain America at him. Yes. Home is where you feel the most comfortable. And Rocket Mortgage helps you feel comfortable financing that home with a personalized and convenient experience centered around you. And by the way, at the end, he just picks up a, like a lap slide guitar. And yeah, like, that's an interesting choice. Is yeah. That, like I'm not, I wasn't exactly sure what the they were signaling about people who play Slide guitar. Yeah, I know. Because like, you think of like, was it Roadhouse who had like the tough blind guy who played slide guitar behind the on the stage behind the cage? That's true. Um, I don't know so if that's, that's the reference. But I'm saying that that's kind of a badass slide guitar, lap slide guitar scene, whereas this is an acoustic kind of, it looks like, I don't know, kind of craftsman-y little slide guitar. It seems like it's maybe more New Hampshire. But then um, <laughs> what really got a lot of buzz was uh, this cameo at the end. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. I'll set it up. We're about to see him as a button on this thing. He is on a bench press bench. Hmm? Uh, I think weight benches. A weight bench, and he's trying to lift just the barbell without any weights on it. And I didn't realize this at the time because I'm me, but he is married to Lisa Bonet, who comes in and is trying to help him as he tries to lift this weightless bar. You got this. Take it, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Okay, and she picks it up with one hand. There's something about her. I didn't even, it, it's all going by so quickly uh, on the day of. Um, but upon rewatching, 
Lisa Bonet just has a very special quality. Like even in that, I mean, I haven't seen her act in anything in forty years or whenever the Cosby Show was on. Like she's been in some years. things. Since I know, but then. I haven't. And even in this like five second little cameo, she's like, okay, okay. Like there's something that really I think cuts through with her. There's a reason why she's famous. No, she's so wonderful. I wish she did more stuff. I think um, she has a complicated, she has a complicated uh, history with acting for a number of reasons. Okay, then and we had the um, the Porsche commercial that we talked about last week with the museum thief. Uh, we knew they were going to cut it down. I think we had played a two-minute version. I will say, of course, they cut out my favorite part, which was when the cars slow down as they pass the police officers. Yeah. I, I had a feeling they were going to cut my favorite part, and they did. Um, oh, Tom Brady's Hulu commercial. Did you see this, and did you know the background on this? No, I just saw Tom Brady walking out onto a football field and all dressed in black. Black and white, very dramatic. Yeah. That, and it's that shot. It's kind of an iconic shot. You can almost picture it taken from inside the tunnel, looking out onto the field, and then you see his like kind of silhouette walking out. That's the opening shot. The reason I'm focused on that is because Tom Brady released that photo on Twitter with no context at all about a week before the Super Bowl. Okay. And it sent all of the sports commentators into a tizzy. What's he saying about Twitter. his career? It What's seemed, is he retiring? It seemed very, right. very much like a swan song. And he's just, you know, not unlike... It was just a pimp for Hulu. Yeah, not unlike, like, the, a grittier version of that would have been when Marshawn Lynch just sent out a photo of his uh, shoes dangling from... His cleats dangling right. from a wire somewhere. Um, and so he tweets this thing out during the week everybody's freaking out and then uh, the Hulu commercial starts with that same exact shot and then do you mind if I just play it? Yeah but let me ask you something do you think that when they when they contracted with Brady to make this ad that it was still a possibility and in fact a likelihood that he would be at the Super Bowl because, I mean, they were, I don't know if they were favored to be in the Super Bowl, but they were a contender, certainly. Yeah, they had a great season, uh, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, not compared to their previous seasons. But either way, I don't think it changes the narrative of whether or not this is Tom Brady's last year. That's true. I suppose whether that, was always, that was always going to be a The big underlying yeah. question here that I guess is I'd even say because we live in this world so much but of course Tom Brady getting very old the, any season could be his last we don't his contract is up right. with the Patriots so they don't even know if he'll be with even the if he Patriots hadn't gotten knocked year. out of the playoffs so early right so there's so much talk about like will Tom Brady put on a, a uniform again if so will it be a Pates uniform <laughs> they say all good things must come to an end so to my teammates my family and my fans you deserve to hear this from me Hulu doesn't just have live sports. According to the script they just gave me, Hulu also has your favorite cable channels plus the greatest shows, movies, and originals of all time. So it's time to say goodbye to TV as you know it. But me? I'm not going anywhere. Basically, I feel like he trolled us. Yeah, he trolled us. Every time I hear Brady do a commercial, I remember why Brady doesn't do a lot of commercials. Yeah, he's like he's he, not a good actor. With all the music and the more dramatic part it's fine and then he's just walking in the field and he's just like according to the script they just gave me it's just like that line's kind of funny I'm sure it's also tainted by the fact that I don't really like Tom Brady he's not one of my favorite robots um, and you know the whole thing just feels like haha I got you I trolled you all and like that doesn't leave me feeling great yeah. about Hulu 
Um, what did you think of Mountain Dew Zero with Brian Cranston? <laughs> I actually did. We know this was coming. I didn't. I don't. We didn't talk about this last I week. I certainly was wasn't coming. on my radar. I I love any. Uh, I thought it was a good Shining parody. Yeah. Um. I'm not. Even, do you think I should play this one? I mean, we just have so many, and I think that we could. Could you describe, play it? Okay. Sure. Yeah. I yeah. know this is going to be a super long show, but I'm sort of getting to enjoy these in a totally different environment. Yeah. No. That's whereas great. when I saw this, we were all just reacting to the visuals, and I didn't get a chance to really listen to the dialogue. So this is a little bit bonkers because it doesn't this commercial almost to me feels like it was setting up almost a tide like series of commercials where maybe Brian Cranston is inserting himself into a whole bunch of different movies but it's not it's just a standalone so I don't know why they chose to remake The Shining with Brian Cranston it doesn't seem to make any real sense to me you right know? it doesn't feel like there's a larger logic at play exactly but they did it and so it and it's just really um I mean, in in the shots, it's like a shot by shot remake of some iconic scenes from The Shining, including him frighteningly climbing the stairs with an axe, and he's going to chop down the bathroom door where his wife, who um, uh, was played by who in the original movie? Uh, Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall. In this, uh, she's being played by Tracy Ellie Ross from the TV show Blackish. Uh, as she cowers in the bathroom as he chops Yeah, it is a pretty, through. like... It's very violent. Playing this domestic violence scene for laughs is always a little tricky. It's It's pretty frightening. Come out, come out, wherever you are. <laughs> I think it's just fun to see Brian Cranston like do his best Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> I've got new Mountain Dew Zero Sugar. <laughs> the same refreshing taste as the original. <laughs> but without any of the sugar! Here's Mountain Dew Zero. I am thirsty. <laughs> she takes the Mountain Dew. Huh? And then the final shot is the famous the, elevators. This is the money shot for me. So great. The elevators were usually, they would open up and tons of blood would come pouring out. But in this shot, it's just the, the entire screen is filled with Mountain Dew. Yeah. Uh, and it looks really refreshing. I was talking to Luke about this and he said... <laughs> I'm really surprised or congr- uh, congrats to them for standing up because I'll bet you a bunch of people wanted to cut that the scene that equates their beverage with blood. Yeah. Um, and he said, good for them for sticking with it. And I said, but also putting the blood thing out of your brain, if you like Mountain Dew at all, which I do, seeing a whole bunch of Mountain Dew looks really refreshing. I could drink an elevator full of Mountain Dew. <laughs> I, honestly, I could. Yeah. It I, goes can, down I can easy. and I have. <laughs> it goes down easy. Great commercial. I, I like it. it. And maybe I, I think I've sort of had The Shining on my mind because we fairly recently watched the sequel to it, yeah. um, Dr. Sleep. And critics didn't particularly like it. I thought it was actually pretty good. Um, and so, but it really takes you back to that to that scene and to those mm-hmm. visuals. So to see it sort of like, uh, you know, to see it re- refreshed like that was, I just enjoyed it kind of. As a fan. And good job with the sets. Yeah. You know, just really well done. Um, I want to talk about the Squarespace one. Are we going to talk about every commercial? We can't. We'll start going faster in a second. But I really, the Squarespace commercial with Winona Ryder, the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't know what that is. And then I dug a little bit deeper today and I started to like it more and more. And it might just be because I kind of like her. Mm -hmm. I think she's kind of got a magnetism as well. Oh, yeah. 
Um, did you pay attention to this one? Because I could see it was this the being Fargo a one, right? Yes, except there's no explicit connection to the TV show or movie Fargo at all, but it's very evocative of it. I mean, it 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 completely echoes the visuals mm-hmm. of Fargo, where right. the cops are wearing the, you know, the the hats with the ear flaps, and the, they're in a car that pulls up by the side mm-hmm. of the road on a snowy highway. I mean, there's it's clearly meant to evoke Fargo. You would think so, but I did learn a little bit more context about this today that might change it. But certainly as this, we'll start with this 30-second spot, and I agree with you as far as this one goes. It's very, very Fargo-esque from the way it's shot. And it begins, we see Winona Ryder laying down in the snow, shot above her, and she just looks kind of lost in thought. Um, I did not re- recognize her right away, but she's very bundled up. I don't know if you recognized her. The I actually didn't. It wasn't actually until they put till you see the word Winona that I was yes. like, oh, of course. And it turns out she is sitting or actually laying on her back. She while, looks so young. My I know. God. She, I mean, I've seen her in Stranger Things and she looks great, but she looks really great here. But we realize she's laying on the ground outside of a town called Winona. Minnesota, and she's laying down deep in thought underneath the Welcome to Winona sign, and then that's when this cop pulls up. Excuse me, ma'am. What you doing over there? I'm building a website. She has a lap. She has a laptop computer that she holds up to him. About what? Winona. Oh. It's got pictures on it. I like pictures. Yeah, me too. That's why I'm making it. <laughs> okay, then. Bye-bye now. It says, welcome to Winona.com, clearly. Of course, I should say Squarespace, of course, helps you make websites. Right. I think everybody knows that. Uh, and th- I assume that if you go to Winona.com, they've probably created a whole web experience to go along with it. But what I also saw today was that scene is either part of or connects to this broader three-minute little mini-movie they made with Winona Ryder. Um, she's, it starts with her sitting in a cute little diner in this town of Winona, Minnesota. And a this is her internal monologue. wanders the earth, searching for their true self. A person wanders the earth. Uh, A woman. A woman? A woman wanders the earth, searching for her true self. traveled a long way to answer this she is now talking to the waitress in the diner and this is intercut with scenes of her walking around this town with surprisingly a non-digital camera around her neck she's going around the town taking a bunch of photos this all feels like a like a throwback you know everything feels like it's sort of the 80s and to make a website you don't say i do say oh i just want to find the real winona you know Oh, it's everything between Pleasant Valley Road and the Mississippi. (laughs) There's something about this place. Something that feels so... me. She's taking photos of the signs that say Winona all over the town. What about that one? Mm, 
Maybe in your heart of hearts, does that one feel right? No. That one does. So now the, the waitress is helping her um, with the website development. She continues to wander around. I can't play the whole thing. And just having this internal monologue of trying to find the real Winona. And then this is what happens at the end. What I didn't realize was how much I'd discover about Winona along the way. And that Winona is Winona Winona. Not Winona, right? Wait, I'm lost. So what? It's just like it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff for a pretty thin joke. Like huh, I thought, I really I love the contempl- the contemplative slow pace of that. I thought it was I thought the the Super Bowl thirty second version was mm-hmm. fine and and fun and intriguing and just visually interesting and I think that's a big part of what they do. It's like their design yeah. product, right? But. What you just showed me, I was bored. Really? Yeah. Oh, I really liked that one. Uh, anyway, that was just a video that they, or like a little short film that they made to go along with that. The the commercial we can both agree on, laugh out loud funny. I love that cop and the Fargo-ness of it. Yeah, but you said, you started to say that it wasn't really based on Fargo. Well, I don't think that you see as much of the Fargo-ness in this short film. Like, I, when I first saw the commercial, I thought, oh, this is a parody of Fargo. When I started to dig deeper into the entire campaign, I think that it's influenced by Fargo, but yeah. not a parody of Fargo. No, I don't not think a that, parody. I but... don't think that it was necessarily as... I just didn't... I don't know that that aspect of it was as explicit as I thought it was when I only saw the 30-second commercial. I see what you're saying. There's not, like, a darkness to it that you see in Fargo. Yeah. A New York Life commercial that was nice, all about um, the different types of love, including... Something that I always called agape, but apparently it's called agape. Yep. It means true love. It means love as an action. As somebody who uh, had a Jesuit education where we were taught a lot about what I always thought was agape. Um, Is that how they pronounced really it? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Well, I mean, maybe, there, life, maybe there are multiple. I mean, nobody knows how the ancient Greeks talked. Yeah. Um, uh, the Oh, well, I guess we got to kind of talk about this one. You would set this up with a teaser commercial with Rachel Dratch and Big Poppy on our last show where she's trying to teach him how to do a Boston accent. And I guess now we know why. Yes. Everyone really enjoyed this one at the party I was at. Um, so we, sh- we see in the teaser, it's just Rachel Dratch talking to Big Poppy, trying to get him to do a Boston accent with limited success. Here, she uh, she and Chris Evans, Captain America. That's who that was. I was going to ask you. I couldn't tell who the guy was. She and Chris Evans are sort of standing on a on a street, on a, uh, the side of the street, on a sidewalk in a New England town. John Krasinski pulls up in the new Sonata, uh, and they have this interaction with him. They all have very hardcore Boston accents. Yeah, and he's trying to park his car in a very, very tight spot. Oh, look at this guy. Hey, Rachel, how are you? Hey, good. How are you? He's not getting that car in there. No, sir. Look at these two troublemakers. Hey, Johnny, how are you? Wicked car. Is that new? Yeah, it's a Sonata. Let me pack it. Oh, you're not fitting your car in there. Chris, stop being a smarty fence. All right? Look who's got Smart Pack. Smart Pack? Just hit the clicker. Car packs itself. He's literally outside of the car now, and the car is parking itself. It's smart. It's wicked smart. And I can pack it anywhere. How about Dorchester? Packed it. Foxborough. Packed it. The Garden? Packed it. Saugus? Packed it. Swampscott? Revere? The Harbor? Are you kidding me? I packed it and then unpacked it. You unpacked it? Kid. Game changer. That Sonata ain't got no driver. That's all right. He's got Smart Pack. Hey, you can pack there. He's got Smart Pack! Hey, whoa, whoa, it's Big Poppy. Wicked Smart. 
This is a ghost cat. <laughs> a better way to park. Only available on the all-new Sonata. I feel like with models. all of the Boston look, all the Boston geography that they do, they still got Swamscut a little bit wrong. How do they say it? I didn't Swamscott. Oh, I see. It's Swamscut, I think. Um, I think that... Swamscuttians. Let me know if I got that right. I think that's, that's a good commercial. This is one that I feel like... It's some of the most appealing people in entertainment. Yeah, it, it left me flat, and I think it left me flat because I saw the teaser. I think maybe if this came on and I knew nothing about... And, th- and th- this is one thing I'm really struggling with because I actually thought the teasers... I thought I was coming around on that idea. Like, we had a pretty dynamic show last week because of all the creative things people were doing. But in a certain way, it almost... Like, it, it, it raised my anticipation for all of those commercials so that if they weren't better than the teasers, then I was let down and I actually maybe liked her and Big Poppy on the couch more yeah I mean it, but I mean it really didn't get to any of the commercial part of yes, it yes of course so I right. guess they at some point needed to show you the, the car but you were with a bunch of people who probably did not even see the teaser Did th- I, that landed in the room pretty well yeah I landed in the room mm-hmm. um, Cheetos had an interesting commercial um, it's actually for Cheetos popcorn right. which is a new thing uh, the whole premise of it, I think, is really brilliant, which is it's a guy who gets out of doing everything in life because he's always eating Cheetos popcorn, so he's got that the orange dust, the orange dust on his hands all the time, which yeah, I think very is very relatable. Very relatable. I, I was saying on TBTL that it's I like any product that kind of realizes the thing that sets them apart, and sometimes even something that you might think of as a negative becomes so associated with your product that it's part of the experience and you lean into that right yeah and the cheesy hands is a great idea unfortunately like how pepsi's always second best to coke and they really oh, tried to lean into that such last a bad year. Idea. <laughs> um unfortunately for this one though they so seem to have really dropped that campaign by the way is pepsi okay for cheetos they took this concept which i think is totally fine on its on its own but again you gotta get a celebrity right. so they get um mc hammer to be like Popping up in all these scenes to the tune of "Can't touch this," very on the nose. Can't touch this. Right. Your hands are cheesy. And like at one point, somebody goes to hand him a baby, the guy a baby, and he can't touch the baby because his hands are full of cheese. But the baby is MC Hammer. It added this bizarre level yeah. of uh, of absurdity and also, you know, at this point, C list celebrity I mean, that really best. ruined it. No, me. I thought it was a little extra in that way, yeah. and it didn't need that. Like I thought it. Was, I agree with you. It's a good pitch. But just do the pitch and have the writing stand on its own. There is another Avocados from Mexico commercial. It's just so funny. One of the most surprising advertisers, especially now like three, four years running, that of all of the products and brands that we know, Avocado from Mexico. It's like they just save up all year for this one Super Bowl ad. But we've all heard of them now. And they're all a little bit wacky. I think one year they had like, like what, celebrities and space tubes or something. Yeah, and I think they had Scott Baio before he became like a total Trumpster. Right. This one, I don't know if I should really play the audio. Can you play it? Because I didn't see it. Okay. This is... it's like a, it's a spoof. It, unfortunately, I could only find the one minute version online. The 30 second that aired during the Super Bowl is much tighter and better. But it's like a, um, you think you're watching some sort of a home shopping network that is all based on avocados and avocado related products. The woman who is hosting the show, I, I don't know if she's famous. I don't think she is, but she tosses it to uh, her colleague, Molly, who is Molly Ringwald. Welcome to the Avocados from Mexico Shopping Network. We're buying stuff for your avocados. Totally isn't weird. Take it away, Molly. Worried your avocado isn't getting enough skin-to-skin contact? Worry no more with the Avo Carrier. 
looks so this is like a baby carrier around like a your baby chest. Bjorn. A baby Bjorn only uh, it's just got a tiny little avocado in it and and it's Molly's wearing one and she's uh, encountering two guys who are also wearing these. Oh, carrier. Look how always in season he is. <laughs> I want one of those. Are you kidding? Thanks to this chip floaty, your avocado will be healthy, delicious, and buoyant. So smart. So smart. Take your avocado to meet your parents with our new travel collection. I'd wear that to a wedding. This music box plays all their favorite jams. It's a tiny little avocado music box. I'm sorry. <laughs> song always gets me. Protect your avocado from bears and humans with this luxury yurt. Super safe, right, Maria? Hmm. Hmm. And last but not least, do avocados have heads? We don't know, but look how cute this helmet is. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Remember, your avocado is worth it. Shop now, we'll throw in Molly. <laughs> Wait. Avocados from Mexico. So. Unless they're talking about the party drug, Molly, I am not interested. Yeah, not not that great of a commercial, no, right? No, really. Weird for weird very, very bad for them, actually. And no, you know, I love Molly Ringwald, but um, usually they have a much better understanding of like where the punchline is or something mm. like they're just i was just sort of waiting for that to be over and i realized that's the 60 second version but yeah. there was no there weren't any good jokes yeah um of course the super bowl was in miami this year hard rock cafe and casino in miami or as i should point out not in miami but 20 miles outside of miami all of us at the party i was at were like is the hard rock still a thing like we were shocked that it was yeah. that it had enough juice to like sponsor this i mean and, and this actually answers some questions for me because there's still a hard rock cafe in downtown seattle yeah like and all the major markets have and it just seems like the idea of like celebrating hard rock is so 80s and 90s and <laughs> yeah maybe they're staying in business because they're opening casinos yeah it must be so this one is outside miami and they're trying to make it the, the pitch here is that you basically have vegas in miami but again it's not in miami no um quite a bit outside of it uh it is super super chaotic it makes zero sense you it's got, just like a lot of it's just a crash them up you got jennifer lopez it, for some reason that's completely unclear some masked bandit is breaking into her place but then the masked Bandit seems surprised when he finds her bling cup and steals the bling cup. And why are you surprised that a bling cup is in there? If what was your original right. mission, masked intruder? <laughs> and then, and then it's like this whole chase them up, and there's a bunch of famous people. You, you even have a, a quick um, cameo of Steve Stevie Van Zant is yeah, in there, um, and 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 Pitbull's in there at one point, and then you know again very Miami right. feeling Miami cast. She finally captures this intruder at the end, pulls off his mask, and oh my gosh, it's a Rod. But then a Rod walks into the frame. And she pulls off another mask. It was an A-Rod mask. The intruder was actually DJ Khaled. Right. I'm not going to play it for you because it's just a crash. You just explained up. it. Yeah. Um, I'm just like, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, this is terrible. It, like, it makes no sense. It's too fast paced. Like, just in the Super Bowl, there's just too much stuff going on. This is, again, just a lot of bling, <laughs> you know, as far as the celebrity. Then I realized later, Michael Bay. Oh, yeah. Michael Bay directed it. Of course. Yeah. It's the only it's thing a, he, it's the it's only a thing he knows. It's a one-minute Michael Bay thing. Yes. 
One of my absolute favorites, I saw the morning of the Super Bowl on Twitter. It was uh, Rick and Morty's. Yeah, you're very into this. Pringle commercial. I just like it because I like Rick and Morty. I saw a teaser for this, so I knew it was, uh, they were doing Pringles. Um, and I thought this one was fine. I think it's fine. I mean, the thing is, if you like Rick and Morty, it's Rick and Morty doing Rick and Morty. It's got a couple of side jokes in there. At one point, you'll say, I wonder how much... Uh, I wonder how much Pringles is paying for this. And, and Rick is like, not enough. Like, this has got everything you want. Um, I guess I'll play it. Uh, they're watching TV. Rick and his niece. It's his granddaughter. Granddaughter. Famously. Uh, Summer. Summer are watching TV. And they're watching um, a commercial for Pringles where they're stacking up the Pringles and creating new flavors, which, I, again, I think is a cool idea for Pringles to do. They established that a while back. Um, do people actually ever do that? I've never had always, more than I've never had more than one flavor of Pringles in front of me at a given time. I would if I was in a place where there was more, but I don't have right. I have too much shame to go in Pringles and buy. party. Maybe we should. That's I also what they want enjoy, us I to almost do. bought some Reese's pieces today. I never buy candy, but I was in the um, drugstore and I saw some Reese's pieces and I almost did it. Uh Neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway, so then uh, Morty comes in. Of course, his nephew, just kidding. His grandson, Morty, comes in uh, and does exactly what the TV tells him to do, which is stack up some Pringles. And then that's when Rick realizes that it's not actually Morty. It's a Morty robot. And suddenly there's dozens of them because I don't know why. Because they're Rick in a simulation. Morty. Yes. Stack Pringles flavors. Make new ones. How much do you think Pringles paid these people? Hardly anything. Hey, you guys want to stack different Pringles flavors? to create new flavor combos here I'll, I'll go first pizza barbecue and jalapeno the spicy barbecue pizza stack get him <laughs> grandpa what's going on pringles we're trapped in a pringles commercial they must have taken us in our sleep how can we get out we can't summer they warned me this would happen and i didn't listen stack pringles make endless new flavors stack pringles to make so new flavors I love it. It's chaotic the way Rick and Morty is. Like, if you like Rick and Morty, it's a good commercial. Yeah, I agree. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, also postmodern. It is very postmodern. Would you say that the Hulu commercial had a tad bit of postmodernism by breaking down the fourth wall when the script Tom says, Brady says, according to the script? Yeah, I mean, anything that's self-referential in that way, I think, has a touch of it. TurboTax had a commercial that uh, it just had a bunch of people dancing to a song called All People Are Tax People. I right. found it compelling. Okay. found it sort of mem mesmerizing. Not one of my favorites. but All right. You know. um, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend did a commercial for this new Genesis. I guess, Were you I, excited I, to know who John Legend was this year? I texted Luke. John Mayer looks great. <laughs> he had no idea what I was talking about because he forgot that I, for the longest time, conflated John Legend and John Mayer. Right. So the next time I say, I don't see color, I want everybody to believe it. Yeah. No, I I, uh, I think I thought Chrissy Teigen was married to John Mayer. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, um, do you want me to play it? You know, this was one of those ones where I was like, I recognized Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, but I didn't really get the story or anything. Okay, yeah. I think it's a swing and a miss. So this is for Genesis, which, by the way, I thought was a model of a car uh, by a legacy company, but it's They're not. They're like one of those Genesis fancy cars that you, you don't see very much 
here in Seattle, but she would see them all over LA. Oh, okay. I, sh- I just accidentally said that Genesis is brand new. I have no idea how old they are. They're new to me, uh, and they're not like part of like GM or they're not. A, it's not like a. It's not a Ford Genesis. Anyway, the point of this commercial is young luxury. It's a Ford Genesis, and it's being advertised by John Mayer. <laughs> That's right. What don't you people understand? Um, so you have Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. They're pulling up at some kind of like very fancy but very stuffy uh, kind of party, and they say that, you know what, we're, we need to make a change. We're going to put this, this idea of old luxury to bed. John, Wyatt, did you bring me here? I think it's time we throw old luxury and going away party. Can I have everyone's attention, please? Excuse me. Guy who thinks his loud suits a personality. Woman who claims she hasn't had any plastic surgery. I saw you in the waiting room. And you, lady who goes to Asia once and suddenly thinks she's spiritual. Guy who leans on everybody for some reason. To old luxury. You had a good run. But now it's time to zhuzh you up a little bit. I give you young luxury. She's by the door now, and she's expecting John Legend to drive up in his uh, fancy Genesis. He's not showing up. John! There he is. Where were you? It was supposed to be a thing, and you made it not a thing. Uh Uh-oh, he's rolling the window up on her. What's the magic word? Sexiest man alive. Okay. Introducing the GV80, the first ever SUV. Then he lets her get in. Let me count. Oh, sorry. Do you want me to just here? Let me just play the button here. Genesis. Somebody had to make luxury fun. Who better than us, baby? Let me count the ways this doesn't work. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting idea. Get rid of old luxury. They're not the first car brand to try that. By the way, Audi's already tried to do that. Um... But then to call out a bunch of people, a bunch of types who have nothing to do with old luxury, loud suit guy is not a associated mm-hmm. with old money. L- guy who leans on people. Guy who leans nothing, on people. That's exactly what I said on TV. Is show. in no way related to being like an old style luxury. Like go with you know a person who pays too much for wine and then like makes a big production out of you know tasting it at the at the with the sommelier you know mm. or there's like another there are lots of other ways to show the the pretentiousness of old style luxury mm-hmm. and contrast it with with like new luxury yeah but what they did was they were that's just lazy writing that's just someone like what are some types of things that we can call out? And I also think it's like you you really can't talk out of both sides of your mouth with plastic surgery. Like, mm. you know, you can't like ding somebody for getting too much plastic surgery and then be like, I saw you at the waiting room, like to imply that right. I was also there. Like either we're cool with women getting plastic surgery or we're making fun of it. But to me, to try to do both is cheating. I couldn't agree more. And also, and then it also becomes two different commercials with too many different jokes. And then, then he pulls up. He's late. Why was he late? There's never an explanation for that. Right. And then when she does go to get in the car, he won't let her in until she calls him sexiest man alive. Which of course he was people's right. sexiest man alive. Uh, John Mayer, famously. Um, and uh, and then it's just like it just it just doesn't make sense. It's a sense. mishmash. It's a mishmash. Yeah. Okay. I know that we need to get things uh, kind of clicking. Yeah. My God. Here. I think we're still in the like second quarter here. I know. So we okay. Need to- Pick it up. Okay. Uh, Martin Scorsese, Jonah Hill. They do a uh, commercial for Pepsi Energy Drink where uh, Martin Scorsese is at some 
party full of young people and he's wondering where Jonah Hill is and he's texting him. He's like, why aren't you at this party with me? Jonah is at home in his tonight pants and apparently he's totally forgotten about this party and is he going to make it or not? I think it then begins like news coverage starts breaking out for some reason. People are saying, will Jonah Hill make it to the party? Like, why is this suddenly a headline? Then Jonah Hill goes to his local 7-Eleven or what have you, gets a Pepsi energy drink and boom, he goes to the party. but yes. Or what did I say? Pepsi. Oh, is it Coke? I even wrote Pepsi on this thing. Um, just another example of of just using jamming celebrity in there ruined your message. I actually think the idea of being stuck at home, tired and not wanting to go out and forgetting uh, you're supposed to go to a party is incredibly relatable. I think you just put some actors that are maybe unrecognizable but very competent in this scenario, and it makes so much more sense. You're not wondering, wait, why is Martin Scorsese at this party? Is that Martin Scorsese or is it a Muppet? Um, <laughs> like it just raised why why Jonah. Yeah, the casting made no sense to me. And if you're not going to pick a cat, if you're not going to pair some people who have some obvious um, affinity or relationship or something that makes it interesting to see them together, they just felt very random. It felt like Mm -hmm. just like CAA talent agency was like, well, Martin and Jonah are available. So yeah, and they both worked on Wolf of Wall Street. That's the one connection. Yeah, but it's I guess not, it's so, not but immediate. You would have been. It should have been somebody from his latest one, Thirteen Coins or whatever it's called. What? I, what score says he's Netflix movie? The Irishman. The Irishman. That's what I said. Um, there. I just think like if you're gonna get celebrities, get two people who spark some kind of feeling of connection more than they worked on a movie eight years ago together or whatever. Or get talented character actors who can do it in a funny yeah. way. And don't bring in this idea of news footage. I guess the news footage is because Jonah's famous. Like, just made no sense. Like, and they're dressed all in black at the at a party that's very like costumey. But oh, yeah, I don't but know for no reason, there's no explanation of that. I thought it was a mess. Total mess. Just like who can we get? Who can we get? It was like who can we get exactly? Um, now we need to pause for a moment just to say you were right. I know those are your favorite those words. Are my favorite words. Um, the most buzzy commercial going into the game was going to be what's going on with Mr. Peanut. We discussed this, uh, Planters Peanuts, of course. We discussed this last week. They released the teaser commercial where uh, he dies, Mr. Peanut dies. And then they, they said specifically in a press release, in the third quarter, we are going to hold a funeral for Mr. Peanut. I thought maybe it would be some sort of resurrection thing. You thought it might be a baby Groot situation yep. like from Guardians of the Galaxy. Spoiler alert, it was a baby Groot. It was basically a baby Groot. We see Mr. Peanut kind of born again from the earth as a baby yes. Mr. Peanut. But then at the end, he says, I am Mr. Peanut. So is it? <laughs> it's very Grooty, actually, because Groot is It is, is literally the, the story of Groot. Um, but... Something happened with this commercial. I am sure. Yeah, of I'm it. sure they retooled it. But yet, because it it does not make sense. It is so clipped and short, and it did not appear in the third quarter. Yeah, that you're right. We're in the second quarter because this was. And I think that something happened with Kobe Bryant. They were worried that Nike or somebody would have some sort of a huge, real emotional, which it didn't happen. Memorial. Yeah, exactly. Or in, I actually thought in that the absence of a Kobe tribute was sort of. 
uh, noticeable. noticeable. Yeah. I know it's not his sport, but still. But my guess is this was a one-minute commercial that was cut down to 30 seconds. Yeah. Because it just it clips by. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's, There's it's a, a real mess. You, again, though, crossover kind of being the key word of all of these commercials. You see, like, Mr. Clean at the funeral. Kool-Aid you see, Man. And it's the Kool-Aid Man's tear that runs down his face and hits the ground and then splashes, which then gives life to the baby Mr. Peanut hey, which it's that, got what plants crave yeah right it really raises a lot of questions about what's in Kool-Aid and what we could be doing with that on this dying planet a very <laughs> very confusing confusing commercial if they had gone with a full on idiocracy why is somebody not yeah. monetized idiocracy like turned that into a like a commercial parody or something because I yeah. feel like it's so ripe for yeah. it maybe it's too ripe because it's so uh it's such a shot at commercialism. Did everybody shut up to pay attention to... Did everybody shut up <laughs> and listen to the Google commercial? Because it was a long commercial. It was 90 seconds. It was one of the only, like, real... Uh, well, not only, but one of the few real tear-jerky commercials. No, I've seen this one a bunch since um, since I watched the Super Bowl just from watching TV. And I, I can tell you I always notice it because it always turns my phone on. This is the one that starts my oh that, that, yes okay that starts my Google Assistant. So I bet you they have some cut down version that's airing on TV now. But you've seen this all yes. the way through. So I don't know if we need to play it now. Um, the Super Bowl commercial is a very long one, but essentially it's um, an old man. I don't know if you ever actually see him, but you hear him talking just in to photos Google. with his yeah. wife. You hear him talking to Google Assistant saying, remember this, remember that, remember this. And it has the, the feeling of him flipping through a bunch of old photos, looking back at his life with his late wife, who is now gone. The name of the commercial is Loretta. Um, and the implication is he's kind of doing this because he knows that he's in his later years and he's losing his memory. Oh, it's so grim. It's very, I don't know if grim, it's very sentimental. I find it to um, be grim. And, you know, you realize at the end that he's maybe has Alzheimer's. He's facing down something along those lines. And so he's asking this technology to help him capture these memories. Um, it's, you know, this is another one that I don't know why I keep invoking him, but Levitard really hated this. He said he just really hates feeling manipulated. And if you feel that way, I totally get it. I don't know if I'm getting soft or what, but I sort of feel like, this whole that's what they're doing every one of these commercials is manipulating us it's manipulating us either with humor or surprise or celebrity and sometimes it's sentimentality and i didn't hate this one it got me in the feels right but you can understand how if somebody and, and your mileage will vary but if you like we say this all the times we can feel the wheels turning we can see the machinations of the marketers at work here trying to twist to particular nerve or whatever Mm -hmm. and if that feels that way to him then i understand why he doesn't like it yeah no i understand like when it seems just i find it so depressing that i almost can't like i can't see past that at all really the idea of having of and i i recognize the value of a feature that helps Mm -hmm. you remember things because your memory is going but i think i just find it extremely horrifying on a personal level yeah yeah well, didn't you? Was it a Tol Gawande's book on life? Or no? um, uh, being mortal. Being yeah. mortal. It'll really, it'll yeah. really change your outlook on the end of life. I, I have not read it, but I know that you read it somewhat recently. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I gotta say, I think people were talking about that. I think. I, I mean, I think it's a good commercial, but not for Google. Like I can explain <laughs> it. Like as a story that made me feel something, I was definitely along for the journey. I don't know that. 
I'm going to be relying on Google Voice activation to remember certain things about well, my Android Loretta, phone is super into it. Yeah. Um, okay. This next one was from for Sabra Hummus, where they're trying to create this thing. Did you even see this? It's like, how do I must? And it's like all the different ways, all these different celebrities. And this is the biggest parade of celebrities over the course of 30 seconds. We see about <laughs> literally probably 25 famous wow. people. Wow, can we watch it? Because I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I really keyed in on this one. And they, Luke made a really great comparison. It's almost like that Dr. Soul's I'm gelling thing, which is kind of gross when you associate it with food now. Mm-hmm. But like, but a sort of a phrase that keeps getting repeated. Exactly. So Sa- Sabra, if I'm saying it correctly, is a brand of hummus. It is so, really good hummus. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite, too. And so everybody's like, how do I muss? This is how I must. They're turning hummus into a verb. It yeah. starts off with Ric Flair. America, how do you must? This is how I must. This is how we, we must. This is how I must. How do you must? I must celery. I must pretzels. Bananas. Must buy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was the Jeff Chester Cheetah. And the winner Which- is... Embarrassingly, the first celebrity that I've recognized. No, that's not true. Um, no, but, all these people are too young. I don't know who anybody is anymore. But is Chester Cheetah? Um, I wonder if they have the same parent company. But again, you have another crossover. Like I've never seen one game have so many. They a lot st- of the trend has been around for a while, but like it's really kind of peak crossover here. Winner is scary spicy. This is some five star tips. Sassy. Turkey! Yes! This is how we must. It's Sabra Hummus! Woo! And then it's hashtag how I must, but it looks like hashtag how I miss. (laughs) I mean, I miss it would be spelled with two M's, but every time I see it, I'm not even saying that. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I miss died not all that long ago, I think. And I just, it looks like hashtag I miss. Hashtag why I miss. It is so desperate to make how I must a thing. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of people in there that you. That's that's a real reach. Here are the people that we just saw, according to the write-up, that uh, in order, Ric Flair, of course, the wrestler, hot girl summer rapper, Megan the Stallion, you know her. Uh, I know all these names. Yeah. I, I don't know what anybody looks like anymore. Uh, you have Ru- RuPaul's Drag Race alumni, drag queens, Ms. Cracker and Kim Chi. I wouldn't have known that. T-Pain, I recognized. Jaleel White, I did not I did not pick recognize. out Jaleel White. Okay. Um... Influencers Amanda Kearney, Tway Wynn, Doug the Pug, and Zachary King. Shut it down. Shut it down. Boomer Esiason was in there? I didn't. I don't. I guess I don't know what he looks like. Um, first ever Fortnite World <laughs> Cup solo champion, Kyle Giesdorf. Scary Spice. She called herself out as that Scary one I Spice. Got, yeah. Spanglish singer Becky G. TikTok star Charlie Diamello. Uh, Brittany Tomlinson, a.k.a. Kombucha Girl. You recognized her, right? The famous meme of the girl trying kombucha, and then she's like, mm, maybe, mm, no. No, I don't know You that don't meme. know that meme? If no. I Can I just call it up just because I think a lot of listeners know what I'm talking about, and I think when you see it, you will recognize her. You don't know that meme? Nope. Okay. I missed it. Uh, it's. Uh, it, I think it was her trying kombucha for the first time, and she just—it's a video, and she just goes through uh, a bunch of facial expressions that really caught the American imagination on TikTok. Well, not this American. It really smells like a public restroom. <laughs> She's not wrong. So that's her smelling it. It smells like a public restroom. Now I've never seen this much you of it. You know what? Here she tries it. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> so you see why that was so memeified. Yeah, no, I, I like she rejects it. it and then she's she her face goes, it, Oh, maybe and then, then she's no. like, No. And so that's kind of a so big kombucha girl. I learned something yeah, new today. Uh, and I ne- I recognize the real housewives. Uh, okay, a couple Teresa, of real housewives. Judice and the other one. Chester Cheetah. Um oh it says here PepsiCo is one of the two White Plains based hummus producers parent companies. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um okay. I seriously recognize just even the names of like five Ooh, of those people. Less than half, certainly. Yeah. Far less than half. Uh, another teaser was released just that we talked about. Put me in the wet, wet mud because <laughs> I'm done. Uh, don't say that. You know I got to play it. Uh, Jonathan Van Ness, uh, formerly of Queer Eye, had a teaser for some Pop-Tarts uh, commercial that was coming up. The commercial itself I found to be very unremarkable, except, except... My girl Genevieve, if you'll recall, your one kind of takeaway from the teaser was it's interesting that Pop-Tarts is competing with all these other snacks now, not another breakfast food. Well, you were onto something because what they were actually unveiling was Pop-Tarts pretzels. I had a feeling it wasn't going to be straight up Pop-Tarts, but more like some, because they're also doing mini Pop-Tarts now, which are just like cookies, (laughs) essentially like jam-filled cookies. Um, So yeah, I'm sure they're branching out into all kinds of snacks. Um, Fox, I usually don't do like promos for the network, but you know, they had so many, um, things for the masked singer and some new TV show about building things with Legos. They kept advertising the masks have any children in it, which I just think is, it's like everything now for us all for adults, Halloween's for adults. Um, they kept referring to the masked singer as the most popular show, like the highest rated show on television. Everyone at the party I was at was like, what is this thing? I've never seen it. Really? Like they could not wrap their minds around this being the most popular thing on television. So we are out of the mainstream. I've never seen the show, but I'm very. But if you've watched any football I, at all, you know about the Masked Singer because it's advertised like crazy. Yeah, and I, I think they just couldn't wrap their minds around it being popular. Yeah. Which I get why people like costumes and they like sing and they like B-list singers. I think it is just starting their second season, I believe, and I think the first season was a little bit more. Um, it's my understanding that the first season was a little bit kind of more low budget, and then it's now it's kind of taken off. So. They're throwing some money behind it. Uh, I I could be wrong about that. Um, But I did want to play for you this Fox Super Bowl um, commercial for their entire Monday lineup. Because did you pay attention to this one? I saw that it had the guy who played Toby from The Office. Yeah, I guess his name is Paul Lieberstein. Um, And he, of course, is playing a very Toby from The Office kind of guy. He's kind of broken. He is a guy who is... Ready, I believe the plot here is everybody else is going to be hungover and feeling kind of crappy on Super Bowl Monday. Um, but he's the officious guy who's going to be ready to go and be at the office. Um, but there's a spokesperson for Fox in here. I don't know if it's a famous person or not. And he keeps on intruding on, I'm going to call him Toby. He keeps on intruding on Toby's personal space. Toby's just trying to get work done or he's just trying to live his life in his home. But this guy keeps on intruding on him. Last year, 17 million people took the day off after the Super Bowl. That's why I've declared it Super Monday. So he's watching this guy on TV at first, Toby is. Toby's at home drinking milk on his couch watching this guy talk about Super Monday on his TV. Well, I've declared it Super Monday. It is not holiday. It is now. How did you get here? So what are you going to do with your day off? You can try and catch a serial killer. Wait, what? Ooh, exciting. Prodigal son. You can be a hero! Are those? Tornadoes! Monday, Monday. You can share your voice with the world. 
I locked the door, man. You could take care of that life-threatening medical problem. It's just a hangnail. Now, I want to uh, just back up. So they're running through all of these shows that are related to the things he's talking about, whether it's 911 Austin or The Resident in the Hospital. I'm not going to play any more of this because it's so damn visual, but I just wanted to see if you had seen it. Because I, I just find Toby to be very appealing, and so I thought it was a pretty good promo. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, we finally saw the big hyped Missy Elliott and her doing Paint It Black for Pepsi Zero Sugar. I, I have zero to say about Yeah, it this. just washed over me, too. It just, I can't believe that they built it up so much. Yeah. Um, Heinz. Could someone explain this to me? Because I texted you about this Heinz commercial. We had text cross on I this. don't understand what's happening here. Heinz comes out with this commercial where they split the screen into four screens and they're telling four different stories. And I think this is another one where they want you to go back and look at it later. Like, again, like follow a commercial to a second location, which is an interesting strategy. And I did that today, and I kind of blocked off the rest of the screens with my eyes, and I just watched one quadrant at a time and mm-hmm. split up into four quadrants. None of the individual commercials make any sense. They all are some sort of scary story or creepy story where a family is showing up somewhere and then they're happy to see that Heinz ketchup is on the table. In the first quadrant, they show up at an old ghostly-looking diner called the 57 Diner, and they go in, and it's abandoned, and there's some scary chef behind the counter, and he turns around, and then they see a bottle of ketchup, and now suddenly they're eating alone at this diner, and everybody's happy. There's another one where... I saw there was an alien abduction. Yeah, or there's something. one in the bottom right corner where they're on an alien spaceship, but then they see the ketchup and they're eating there. But none of them make any if sense. You're and do it has all zero of that connection. Complexity, then have it work together in some way. Be part of be four different acts from the same story, or have some form of connection. Also, the last thing I want to do is eat ketchup. You know, like it doesn't in any way make me hungry for yeah, ketchup. Absolutely. Um, here is one other thing that I found confusing about this, and I'm wondering if uh, this is probably just on me, but it does go into um, the idea of commercial placements during the Super Bowl. So I told you we we're going to skip over the Zero Sugar Missy Elliott Her song, um, but take a listen to it. Uh, just a little bit of this. This is their remake of Paint It Black by the Stones. These commercials aired next to each other, of course. I see you at door and I want to paint it black. And of course, they're explicitly using Coke's branding, references to Coke's branding, and like overriding it with Pepsi branding. Then it rolls right into this. This is the Heinz commercial. Obviously two very different songs, but the way the Heinz one begins and the one the Pepsi one ends, the, I actually, for a moment, it even added to my confusion because I wasn't sure if it was a continuation right. of the Pepsi it commercial. It does sound a little bit like Paint It Black. Yeah, um, I just want to see if you, you I can would hear agree it, with but that I'd, a little bit. I don't know. Are they related? I, there's no companies? connection there. It's just that... It was one more thing that made the Heinz commercial make no sense to me. I was so blindsided by it. It's so 
utterly confusing and nonsensical to me that I feel like there there's got to be something I'm missing. So if the, if I am just if we are just completely missing the point of the Heinz ad, let us know. I will not be surprised to hear that because it feels like there's some there's some missing piece here that I'm just completely not seeing. I did a little bit of reading on it today and I could not find anything, but again, yeah. I, we might be missing it. Okay, um I got to play this one. Uh this is actually I don't know if I'll play the original. I'll play a commercial for you here. I honestly think my favorite commercial of the night as odd as this sounds, was the Bud Light commercial, Bud Light Seltzer commercial, featuring Post Malone. Uh, I am not a big fan of Post Malone. I don't know much about him. For listeners who don't know who he is, he's... Um, Austin Post. Is that his first name? I believe so. Uh, he's a guy who has uh, face tattoos. He's a singer. He's got face tattoos. He's a hit machine, for one thing. That's right. And he's got a lot of auto-tune stuff. I thought he was more of a rapper, but actually it, it, you wouldn't describe him necessarily as a rapper, right? It kind of a... a Modern pop singer. I used describe a lot him of, as a rapper. Maybe a rapper. Okay, um, but he's very recognizable because he's just his face is covered with tattoos, making him you know to people like my dad, which was this was verified by a text message I got from him after the Super Bowl. Is you know like you see a bunch of face tattoos, you're you're going to categorize somebody often and 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 think that well as my dad called him a moron. Um, I don't think he knows a lot about Post Malone, but. His music's very listenable. Your dad might. Your dad should give it a, a day in court. My dad, you know, he likes himself some Pitbull. Um, but anyway, I'm not a Post Malone fan, but it turns out like the guy's really charming. And so there's this commercial where he walks into a, a convenience store and uh, he has to decide whether or not he's going to get this new product, Bud Light Seltzer, or just go with his usual Bud Light. And it becomes uh, one of those tropes where we see inside of his brain and inside of his brain and inside of his body there's a bunch of actors uh, representing different parts you have a bunch of people in the command center the brain right. arguing about whether or not he should get Bud Light Seltzer or original Bud Light um, you have a bunch of people representing the taste buds when he tries something new um, you I can't remember who else is in this particular yeah commercial. but it, it's a trope you've seen before what, what sets this apart is that every person Every uh, representative within his brain has all of his face tattoos. Exactly. And that's what makes it so funny. It's just a bunch of different people from a bunch of different ethnic backgrounds, I would say, um, you know, uh, kind of covering the gamut. But they all have one thing in common and they all have his face tattoos. And it becomes an argument between two guys at the control center in his brain about whether or not he's going to get uh, the seltzer or the beer. And they start arguing over the lever. And mm-hmm. he in the store starts flailing about right. because he's like a puppet. He's like a puppet. He's like and a John Malkovich. Exactly. And he's knocking all kinds of shit over in the store. And there's a big pile of, of chips and everything where he's just created all this ruckus and then at the end there's a woman up in the brain and she just says wait a second we're super rich we can get both yeah and so then at the very end he's just holding both standing in a pile of tons of chips and he just says very cutely to the person behind the counter do you have any pretzels yeah and it's a great laugh line he comes off as super charming he really sells the knocking about the store physical comedy bit it's so good. I love it. I do think this product is dumb as hell. Well, it's just like any of the other seltzers. Everybody just wants to get their brand on I know. It. They're just trying to get a, get that White Claw money, but it's just like... I wouldn't have called it Bud Light I Seltzer. I wouldn't have called it Bud Light Seltzer. I that's would, exactly. And, and I think that that's what they're now... F- f- I, 
somebody said, I want to push for this. They made that happen. And yeah, now but having Bud Light in the name is a huge uh, mistake. Around it. That's why they have those ads with the, the from Seltzer, Wisconsin or whatever, mm-hmm. where if you like Bud Light, you'll like it. If you don't like Bud Light, you'll like it. But there's another, a listener sent me this. There's another inside Post Malone's brain commercial for this same product that did not air during the Super Bowl that I watched today and loved so much. And it even shows off more of Post Malone's kind of acting and charm. In this one, he walks into a crowded bar. Hey, take a Bud Light Seltzer. Yeah, sure thing. What's this? It's Bud Light Seltzer Mango. Mango. Now we're going inside of his head again and we're gonna see this command center. Mango? Have we tried that before? I don't know. Check the memory bank. Nothing, 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 nothing. Let's be new. All right, let's drink this puppy. Tip initiated. Tastes like mango! Yeah! <laughs> Those are the taste buds screaming, tastes like mango. Yeah, they're very excited about it. Taste buds approved. Let's show we like it. Commencing happy face. Oh, too much. He like gives this maniacal grin. <laughs> yeah, they say commence happy face, and his face just like it just goes into this hideous grimace of a grin. Face. Oh, too, too, much, much, too much. Too much. That's yeah, better. That's better. Has the seltzer reached the stomach yet? Yeah, we're looking at 100 calories down here. And what do we got from the nose? I'm getting mango. Definitely mango. All right, let's check with the spleen. Go for now, now, the spleen is in some dark basement somewhere. Uh, alone at a desk. Just alone at a desk. Completely kind of reminiscent of the stapler guy from Office Space, right? Check with the spleen. Go for spleen. Why? You're right. Cancel the spleen. No, wait, wait, wait. wait. More, more, more. <laughs> Sir, the taste buds are ready for another sip. Hey, hey, can I be a taste bud too? No. I want to be a taste bud. Shut up, spleen. Yeah, shut up, spleen. Yeah, shut up, spleen. <laughs> now we're in the bar and there's all these people sitting around and Post Malone is just looking down at his belly saying, shut up, spleen. Sorry, I'm just talking to my spleen. <laughs> bud Light Seltzer. That's, that's a great shit like this. You're right. Sorry, I'm just talking to my spleen. Is that not a fantastic, fantastic commercial? It's even better than the Super he's Bowl a, one. He's a breakout. I, I would am. never have guessed. Okay, another huge one, uh, especially with all the buildup that we did last week, was the Lil Nas X and Sam Elliott selling Doritos. We did all the backstory on the two teasers last week. I loved the Sam Elliott-focused teaser where he just in a in a menacing cowboy voice recites the lyrics to uh, Lil Nas X's song, Old Town Road. Um, I was very excited for this commercial, and I felt like it was one of the biggest letdowns. You were so let down. You texted me about that. I thought it was fine. I, I enjoyed it. I was I watched it, like, intentionally. So when I saw it came, I saw that it was coming on, I, like, sort of made a point to pay attention to the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. It was it was. It was fine. The, what happens is, and again, the, I felt like the first two teasers were very artful. Um, but and then this one turns out that those two teasers come together and end at a moment. Right, and like what is duel. that moment where these two are going to face off? So you have Sam Elliott, the Cowboys Cowboy, facing off with Lil Nas X. But then they just kind of have a dance off. But yeah. it doesn't really make sense because Sam, Sam Elliott isn't really used. Like they show his face and they digitally alter his mustache for the first move of some dumb cartoon mustache dance move. And he smacks then, his butt at one point. 
Yeah, but then at one point he turns around and smacks his butt. But for another big dance move Sam Elliott does, it's clear. Like, it's not even that well edited. It's like a really choppy edit of somebody in there, like, being a stunt double for him or a dance double for him. So, like, it doesn't take advantage of Sam Elliott's Sam Elliott-ness at all. The right. teaser did. But it's just, like, it just went to the lowest common denominator of just two guys who were kind of famous facing off and just going to, the dance moves. Because, I don't know, there's just something so... Yeah, I see. Twenty twenty about take your point. a dance move off, especially again. I thought the teaser was really good. I do want to say though, the horse was pretty good. The horse refuses to dance. Oh, that's right. That's kind of funny because Lil Nas X's horse is like doing a fancy dance move, and then that's how Elliot Sam loses. Elliott's horse is appropriately like not having it. Right, and then at the end you have um, Billy Ray Cyrus right. is like because he did the remix. Of little of Old Town Road, and he's like, I'm not going to dance. That joke doesn't really make any sense. It's just, again, like, well, we can get him. Um, just really, I don't know, just really, really let me down. It, oh, but I did want to say, you know, my dad and I were not texting at all during the Super Bowl. We weren't talking about commercials or anything. But then out of the blue, and about half hour after the Super Bowl ended, I just got a text from my dad that just said, the one where the two guys were dancing one was the best commercial. <laughs> so and so like and it landed like, somewhere. My dad has no idea who Lil Nas X is. He right. has no idea the whole backstory of that song, the the unlikely success that he had as a young man yeah. and suddenly like, like a phenom. But my dad was just like, oh, he knows who Sam Elliott is, but he's just like, oh yeah, it's pretty funny, Sam Elliott dancing with some guy. So like, I, you know, <laughs> it's like he likes it more having zero content. Yeah, and and I, but I think that's really important, right? And that's how these things got to work, and it really underscores how up my own butt I am on yes. these things. Speaking of, I don't know. There's a show title. We're not going to probably play it, but the Reese's Take 5, some new product from Reese's, literally has somebody with their head up their ass. I yes. thought that was pretty daring. That was pretty daring. I was... I was shocked. I clutched my pearls. Somebody, again, I'm trying to rush through these a little bit, so I, I won't play it, but it's a workplace situation, and a woman says, is eating Reese's Take 5, whatever this new product is. And somebody It makes says, literal figures of speech. Yeah, they said, what is that? She says, what have you been, under a rock? And then we see that they have been under a rock, and then there's a bunch of other, what have you been down in a hole? And then that person has been in a hole. And then at the very, very end, somebody just, without saying the actual expression, head up your ass, you see some guy walk into the screen who literally cartoonishly has his head buried up his rear end it's disturbing yeah it's disturbing i thought it was like a pretty good joke Mm -hmm. uh little caesars had uh, had a rain wilson in a better than sliced bread commercial turns out rain wilson is playing the guy who actually invented sliced bread and now that there's something that's just as good or better than sliced bread which is little caesars delivery that is actually by the way it That's did a real remind, innovation. and it did remind yeah. me specifically, or it did, uh, you know, I remember now what specifically they're advertising, not just their pizza, but that it's delivery. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like Rain Wilson. He's very, he's always uh, likable. He's also a welcome presence. Um, there are just so many here. We had talked about Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi doing uh, what's it going to be like, bef- what was it like before Alexa? That commercial was packed with jokes of people throughout time and history asking people named Alexa or Alex or Alexis or whatever. Right. Variations to do on the name Alexa to do yeah. things. Um, and I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was mostly good. There was a weird fake news joke in there that made no sense at all that kind of ticked me off because I'm not a huge fan of of the fake news thing, even when it's kind of co opted for comedy. Um, there's like a I don't know, it's like I don't know if it's England or America, but it's like eighteen Let's say 1820s or something, and there's a kid selling newspapers. Oh yeah, and it's it's an, it's 
I'm not offended not by it, but it's a la- it's a lazy punchline. Actually, it'd probably be before Victoria era. Pro- Victorian yeah, I think it was Victorian era, era. So not 1820s, but anyway. And then somebody's like, "What's in your newspaper?" He's like, "Fake news." And the guy laughs. And then the boy who made the joke looks sad. Like I don't know what they're trying to. <laughs> do you remember they put his head in his hands? It's like, what do you? Drew, Maybe he was sad about the writing there? of that commercial. I think so. Um, yeah, girl. Kobe Smolders of I know. Stumptown was in a it was in a Highlander commercial. I I love Col- uh, Kobe Smolders. Um, and I wrote what did I write down here? Um, oh, I just wrote down Toyota Kobe Smolders. So <laughs> right, check. <laughs> I am surprised how like Stumptown just seemed like another well, janky she's quite show. famous. Oh, she was famous before that. Well, she was the star of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, I didn't know she's that. She's in all the she's in a bunch of the Marvel movies. Oh, I well, really? Who is she in the Marvel movies? Um, she's like one of the agents of Shield. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, so she's like a, she's a, a name. Okay. Um well, things we have to talk about. We have to talk about the Jeep Groundhog Day commercial yes. with Bill Murray. You, we had a feeling that was going to happen because I think I saw a quick teaser on Twitter earlier in the day. Yeah, I, I saw a little bit of a teaser. I think it was so perfect that since the Super Bowl is happening on Groundhog mm-hmm. Day that they did this. And I actually, I think we felt we disagreed a little bit about this. This was my favorite. I think it's a lot of people's favorites. I, and I mean, maybe it's an easy favorite. It's a fan favorite. And it's. Um, I think you felt like there wasn't enough cleverness to it. But I, I loved it, and and what I said to you was like, why did I love this and not the ET commercial, right? Like mm-hmm. ET, the ET where they for uh, Xfinity is essentially get the cast, get the gang back together, reenact the whole movie, and sell this product. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same thing for this, right? Like get the cast back together, reenact Groundhog Day, and sell this Jeep uh, Rubicon. And I guess the answer is it is the same premise. I liked this better because I like Groundhog Day better. I would also say I continue to find it absolutely hilarious and absurd that E.T. would be impressed by cable. Right. Um, whereas Or the internet. Or the internet. Oh, you got a bunch of computers that can talk to each <laughs> other at, I don't know, okay speeds depending on your modem. Whereas I think the, the idea is that like an eternity of, of the same day over and over again, that, that kind of boredom that you would experience of that would be alleviated if you had a cool enough car is like mm-hmm. kind of a good pit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And it al- it almost makes me wonder if they could have done something more interesting with the ET thing where you actually play on that idea of right. just like somebody who's coming from a society that probably has technology that's way outsized our technology. Yeah, although then impressed. you end up having to dunk on Xfinity, which would be pretty funny. Yeah, I don't know, but they could have done something more creative. And, you know, if you like Bill Murray, like, he's funny in this. Yes. You know, he's got some good quips, and it's pretty well done. Um, Steven Tobolowski looks like he just stepped <laughs> yeah, exactly. out of the original movie. Well, that's a little bit... Were we talking off-air about this? I mean, that's kind of the Larry David thing, right? Yeah. Like, you if look you're born old, looking old. <laughs> yeah, if you're born looking old, you never get older, which is kind of nice. Uh, again, going to this idea of crossovers, I thought it was really interesting that Procter and Gamble did a whole commercial for all of their products. Yes, uh, they had Sophia Vergara. I always say her name wrong. I believe on TVT I called her Sophia Gargara, which is <laughs> even worse than whatever I just did here. Um, and the scenario is it's some sort of uh, kind of nice party in some nice house, and somebody spills this and entire pot of chili and it goes into slow-mo and it's a real it, paint job yes a real paint job and so it advertises their it's got rob riggle in it, and i think it advertises yep. their their um paper towels cleaning solutions like 
all kinds of yes, stuff. And really, at first, it makes you realize how much P&G does. Yeah, and you, at first I thought it was another Tide commercial. Right. Like, oh, they're tying this all together. But no, it's just like Procter & Gamble. And that's a, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as far as it being a risky gambit. Because in a certain way, P&G is so huge that it seems like a company like that usually downplays the fact that they own the entire world. Let me tell you why I don't think it was a great idea. I remember that it was for cleaning up. What which paper which were towel? The products? Yeah, which that's a good kind point. of glass cleaner? Yeah, I don't know. A one. I'm actually now kind of watching this here. So the woman comes in, she spills this giant thing of chili. It hits the fan. That's so it pretty splatters gross. Yeah. all over the place. Now we see. Thanks to Old Spice, I'm impossibly dry. Okay, you got the so Old got Spice old guy spice. in there. What is this woman holding? She's like, she's doing this slow mo. I'm taking a bullet here as she passes, and she's holding. Is that it's uh, like uh, maybe Head and Shoulders? Head and Shoulders. Here's Old Spice again. Thanks to Old Spice, I'm impossibly dry. Hi. This is not good. We need backup. Oh yeah. Do you know who those three singers are? I can't tell if they're supposed to really be somebody or they don't sound great. So if they are like, I don't know. They look familiar. Boys to men or something. I don't recognize them. They look really familiar to me. That's not what I meant. It feels like they're somebody. Let's bring in the bustle. So here's Riggle. Quick. The quicker picker-upper. Okay, so he's representing, like, bounty paper towels personified. It also just doesn't make sense. What universe is this? It's just like a million ideas thrown at this. And like I said, I have no memory after watching it of which specific kinds of, which P&G products were in the mix. Um, The... And I would never buy a product based on the fact that it's owned by Procter & Gamble. Right. You know, like that, 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 I have no brand loyalty to them as a conglomerate. The final commercial of the day, but not the final one that I want to talk about because i got to play for you my absolute fave, which is a... I should lose my job hosting this podcast telling you what my favorite's going to be. Okay. Um, but Maybe you will. The very, <laughs> the very last commercial was Macy Williams. Am I saying it? It's not Maisie, right? It's Macy Williams, right? She's played Arya. Oh, in you know, Game I've always said Maisie, but I... Oh, oh, it is Maisie? Well, okay. but I have no more authority of, over that than you do. I, I don't know. I don't know. It just looks like Maisie to me. Okay, but um, she, of course, played Arya. And this is an Audi commercial where she's just in a car driving around. She, then she gets stuck in traffic and she starts singing Let It Go from Frozen. Yep. And it's just, you know, she's got a nice voice, but... It's a pretty song. It's a pretty song. It, it seemed to confuse a lot of people. The I, instant takes on it was like, wait, why are you combining these universes? Yes. Why would Arya be singing? Not that she's playing Arya, but like but that's how, this like song our, is so specifically associated with a corner of our culture. And she is so specifically associated with another corner exactly. of our culture. I agree. I think it's a... I found it equally baffling. And why is she singing? And what is the message? Is the message that when she's stuck in traffic, you sing the song and you let go of your stress? That's but what then, I took from it. But yeah. then she starts driving around, and it seems like the traffic clears up. But I can't I tell. I think it's is only it just, in her mind. Is it really only in her mind? She's really crazy. <laughs> okay, I don't. What she's letting go of is her sanity. I don't think the back half of the show is very good because clearly I'm talking a mile a minute and trying to rush through this because I. I really did want to talk about all of these. It did not feel like a chore to me. I'm sure it felt like a just chore to listeners. Just felt like listeners. a chore to listeners. Yeah. yeah. But um, I just found this this year's Super Bowl batch really fascinating. I think there's some really good, some really bad, some obvious trends. Um, and I appreciate you guys listening. 
I want to play this last one. It is for the XFL, <laughs> the the newly resurrected the, the trashy host of, the hosts of the party league. I was at are actually going to the the first XFL. They're going game. to yeah, it. They got tickets. Are tickets still available? Uh, they got it through their work. Oh, uh, okay. I'm definitely going to watch it. Like I've talked to one of my I talked to Hannah who hosts yeah. Spotless with me. We might actually, which is funny because people are like on on. Twitter or somewhere I saw people were like, Andrew, do you know how like the how trashy the XFL is and like how terrible Jim McMahon is? Who like <laughs> right, like it's like I, it seems to go against yeah, everything you, you know? stand for. I'm just like I didn't respond to any of these people. I'm like, yeah. Do you have any idea how terrible the NFL is? I guarantee you, no matter like kind of how trashy and maybe of of ill repute the XFL is, the NFL, which I clearly support, is is and can do so much more damage to the world than the XFL. Yeah, they just have the resources. They have too. the resources and they're a juggernaut. But anyway, I've been unironically, but realizing how silly it is, excited to see what the hell XFL football looks like in 2020. They will launch their season a this Saturday. They just wanted to get the Super Bowl out of the way. And the whole point of the XFL is to appeal to people like me. Don't worry. Do you miss football? We have another football-related product for you, and you can find it on Fox. So this is a XFL Super Bowl promo. To watch it on Fox, you have Kurt Menefee, one of the uh, football announcers, uh, standing behind a white table. There's another guy who I believe is another NFL announcer standing behind a white table. And seated at the white table is Andy Kindler, a comedian who I just have a very soft spot for. And he's dressed up like a doctor, and he's supposed to be in a doctor's office. Now, did you watch this at all? Other, This is where the shit like this came from. Yeah, I figured that out, but I don't, I don't think I know the story of this ad. Okay, so they're all just like facing the camera, talking directly to us. Uh, the two announcers aren't saying anything. They're just kind of back there like strong men standing behind the doctor, Andy Kindler, as he talks. I'm here to talk to you about something very serious, and it is serious. Look how serious they look. It's called football withdrawal syndrome. Football releases endorphins in your brain, and when there's no more football, there's no more endorphins. Science. You may have what we call in the medical profession the not-so-goods. <laughs> so what's the cure, Doc? Watching football wouldn't hurt. Watching football wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt. Fox XFL Saturday at five. I know I'm in the bag for this weird ass product for some reason, but I also just think that I don't know the case of the not so goods. I just think is a great joke. And this had me dying. Let me tell you what the only emotion this inspires in me is. Huh? A strong desire to see Leo Spachemin in that in that chair. <laughs> you put that you put Doctor Spachemin yeah. in Andy Kindler's chair. No offense, Andy Kindler, but there's only one bad doctor that I want to see. Yeah. talking about pseudoscience, and his name is Leo Spachemin. You may have what we call in the medical profession the not so goods. If they if they got Chris though. Parnell, yeah. I would have been I'd be in the bag as well. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I know I did a lot of doctoring this week. You did, but I don't know. That's what I got my medical degree in. Yeah, That's all I know how to do. What 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 can you do? Science is whatever we want it to be. How about that? Yes, it's normal, but no more than four times a day. Uh, is that all I have? <laughs> thought I had more. All right. Do you have uh, any final Dr. thoughts? Space Man. I'm sorry, I was just motor mouthing. I'm sorry that this show lasted eleven hours. I know. Um, I hope you all get back to your lives and family soon should we get back to our lives let's and go back to soon? our lives and family yeah 
Genevieve. Andrew. Are we a family? (laughs) That's an inside joke going back to our early days together as a couple. Um, Well, thank you, everybody. I hope you had some of the fun that I had because yes. I really had a, had a, a great deal of fun. Um, Let and us again, know what you thought. It makes me more excited about next year. Yeah, and I know we didn't do any ad council this week. I think it's obvious why we were a little overloaded. But we will be uh, we will be talking about what you said about the Super Bowl commercials next week. So if you have any thoughts on these or any that we really didn't get to, even though I feel like we did get to most of them. Um, let us know. Let us know on the Facebook group. You can always post there. If you are not a member, you can join. There was a Facebook groups commercial we didn't talk about. There was a Facebook groups commercial. Uh, oh, yeah. I actually thought that, that was the rock one, right? Yeah, yeah. with the Twisted Sister song, I, I Want to Rock. I kind of liked it, actually. Uh, you can email us at after these messages show at Gmail. Can I tell you that I emailed myself something there recently, and I used the wrong email address. What? You didn't use show? <laughs> I sent it to after these messages at Gmail. So it, 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 it can happen Who's got to- got that email? It can happen to literally anyone. I don't know, but I bet they get a lot of our mail. After these messages, show at Gmail and call us at 607-444-5597. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week. I burn headband. My eyes all droopy. I've gooey foodie. Zoobies in my poopy. They all like, well, Heems, you too proud. I'm like, you would be too if you had the juice now. Ayo, the government is lying.